Hello, everyone. Welcome to Frame Trap. Post Thanksgiving Frame Trap. Hopefully, you've got full bellies. Hopefully, you're you're all rested up. You're rejuvenated. You're ready to hear some talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Joining me on this jovial Frame Trap is Michael Huber. Hello. And Bradley Ellis. Ho ho ho! It's ho, ho, Christmas ho. time. It's y'all. Christmas time. It's not December yet. All right. No, when Thanksgiving's <laughs> over, it's full steam ahead to Christmas. That's the way it goes. I feel like I never know when Christmas time is anymore. Sometimes yeah. it's happening post Halloween. Yeah. Some people think post Thanksgiving. Huber's sitting over here in December. The month of the month of for me, I'm all, I'm always with my holidays. <laughs> it, so December, December first. Living out here the last five years has really thrown me off because I always associate Christmas with snow. Yeah, and so that's that's when it really feels like Christmas. I don't get that out here. What is it like? Seventy degrees? Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, some 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 crazy land. Yeah. Uh, How was your Thanksgiving, guys? Good. Super chill. Got to hang out with the family. Yeah. Some delicious food. Did a little shopping. Nice. Good stuff. I did not shop. I don't even think I bought anything on Steam. This was the weird, first weird, time. Yeah, uncharacteristic. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was the first time in like seven years I didn't purchase anything. Ooh. Not by lack of trying. I did go out in the middle of the day. Yesterday? On the hunt. I was on the hunt for the Ezio collection. <laughs> that what do you mean you're on the hunt for that? I you was just... on the hunt, dude. It was 15 bucks. Oh, did you find it? No. What? Couldn't find it, dude. They were like sold just out Just buy everywhere. it online. Dude, it was 50 bucks on the PlayStation Store. No, no, no. Check Amazon. That yeah. is so perfect for you. I feel like for yeah. many people that were going out for Black Friday, if they saw the other collection, they're like, oh, yeah, I might pick that up. You were yeah. out there for that. Yeah, I was that. hunting for Searching for that the Ezio collection. That was your bounty. Yeah. It was the Ezio collection. What, do you play me. that, yeah. man? I just wanted to dive in for a sec. Because <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey is like actually my favorite Assassin's Creed ever, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go back to two before I... like. Fully, fully commit to that <laughs> statement being true to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Odyssey is my favorite, but Ezio and <clears throat> the two in the trilogy is amazing. So I got to go back for for answers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Odyssey is in the worst position for me right now <clears throat> because I, when I was playing it actively, I was having a great time and I was loving it. But I've spent enough time away that yeah. going back Ooh, kind of feels like it's a like mountain. Either start over. Whereas, or... like with Red Dead Redemption Two, I've just been chipping away here and there, yeah. so I've had a foot in it the whole time, totally. which is nice. Yeah, but, it's dangerous. Uh, it. Tell me about the the food you guys had on Thanksgiving. That's my favorite part. Really, mm-hmm. it has become yeah. my favorite part. Uh, the classics: the turkey, the yep. stuffing, turkey, the mashed potatoes, mashed, yep. uh, some mac and cheese. What else was there? Instead dude? of mac and cheese, I have like a, a grilled onion thing. Man. Oh, yeah? Green beans? Green I haven't beans. had good-ass yep. mac and cheese in a long time. Brad, that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. So our Thanksgiving is massive. We had, like, we had 18 people this year. Nice. So everyone brings something. Mm-hmm. So there was like two mac and cheeses, like two different types. Was it was it the big yes. bowls of mac and cheese? Yes. Yeah. It's massive. Had some like uh, pumpkin pie, Huber. Dude, I had pumpkin uh, pie, banana pumpkin and pie. Key lime. We had banana mm. cream pie, pumpkin pie, and like pumpkin pie cheesecake or something, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm the only dessert that I'm 50 50 on is cheesecake. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know why. I'm probably like 70 30 on it. It's the only yeah. one, dude. The only one. Yo, Oreo cheesecake. Though. Oreo cheesecake, I'll do. Yeah. Like cheesecake Factory, for yeah. sure. I don't know if I've had Oreo cheesecake. 
What? You gotta try it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not that much of a dessert person. Okay, well, I'm not big I. on desserts. Uh, Do you but like every key lime once pie? In a while. I don't think key I've lime had, pie. I don't think I've had key lime the pie. The god tier pie. Is it? Yeah, it's my favorite pie. Brad, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm like, gonna... I don't like. Mike knows I don't really <laughs> yeah. care for sweets at all. But yeah. key lime pie is top tier pie. That's yeah, so every funny. once in a while I'll fall down a sweets rabbit hole, but most of the time I'm not into not into sweets. I live for him. Yeah, Mike's addicted. Yeah. You're gonna seize candy with Mike. <laughs> it's a scene. Yeah, can I get a pound, please? Yeah. Custom pound. You yeah. just you order just a straight pound, and you just get to pick what's in it. Yeah, it's like a giant box of chocolate that'll last like two days. Yeah, like that lasts people a lot longer than Mike. Yeah. You like solo it. Yeah, you're like eh, just snacking butterscotch yeah. squares. Snackin'. There's definitely certain things that. Once I get in there, I don't stop. Like I love Airheads. Just for some sure. reason, I love Airheads. Have those pretty regularly. Starburst is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those those hot, sweet and spicy Skittles, man. I love <laughs> yeah, you're an. Yeah, we haven't seen those in a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's a bummer because I don't I don't go home for Thanksgiving anymore, and so I don't get to load up on mashed potatoes or all the, the classic stuff. Uh, we've we've developed our own new little tradition. Ooh, yeah, that uh, started out just like I don't know. We don't have family out here. What do you want to do? And we would go to Sujita and have Dude, nice. have, uh, have ramen. and uh, Jolly. Yeah, now it's become a yearly thing. We really look forward to it. It's this nice, full, delicious meal. Heck yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Whew. Thanksgiving is your favorite. Yeah. Out of all of them. Nice. Yeah. Just the vibes, the family vibes, the chill vibes, the mm-hmm. football. And like, I'm a baseball guy, but just yeah. like football on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So it definitely sounds like there's no like political arguments or anything of that. It's just chill. My grandma is the only one in our family that has like different political views. Mm-hmm. So she always tries to keep those conversations like non-existent mm. on the hall. She's like, let's not talk about that. People, people are coming together. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. about it's about the unity. Yeah. yeah. She, nice. She'll bury you, though, on, on Thanksgiving, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude, yeah, on Thanksgiving. Uh, my mom was, like, yelling across the room to, to like, tell my brother to, like, to check the oven or something, like, turn the oven off. And I was like, I was like, oh, mom, like, mom, stop yelling. You're, like, you're yelling in my ear. My grandma turns to me and she goes, you shouldn't talk to people about speaking loudly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crackers. So funny. Did you... Pot calling the kettle black or whatever? I feel like Huber would just laugh at that. Like, like immediately recognize the truth of it. I was like, Grandma, you just owned me. Yeah, Yeah. that's pretty good. It's pretty good. You know what we're going to do now? We're going to move away from the warm, friendly, familial vibes of Thanksgiving it go in the complete opposite direction mm. by talking about Fallout 76. <laughs> Brad. Yes. You've been playing Fallout 76. Was. You, you, yeah, you done. have since stopped playing Fallout 76. I, uh, I did my time. I, I've played a good bit of Fallout 76 mm-hmm. in, in different forms and different phases, playing the final release now. Uh, I've issued my thoughts here before. Oh, okay. Uh, but before we uh, get into that, what's the uh, patch schedule? Really quick for that game. Is it a daily I, thing? I no, I no it's idea. not daily. No, okay. it's not daily. They they did have a big patch earlier this week. It was like thirty seven gigabytes. Do you, yeah, did you feel the difference? It was, it was fifteen. Uh, well, there was a quest that I couldn't complete that after the patch I could complete. Yeah, nice. So that was okay. nice. Good. good. Um, but no, I don't know. I don't know the schedule. Brad, what do you think cool. about Fallout seventy six? 
let's give you some context here. I like Fallout, but I'm not a huge Fallout fan, I would say. Yeah. I've played 3 and 4. I didn't finish 4, I finished 3. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm not... I don't like this game. Yeah. Because... I don't like it either. I mean, the only cool thing is I've been playing with my girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only reason I've been playing this game, which is cool. Yeah. But I can only do that for like an hour and a half. Then I get frustrated or bored. What are you getting frustrated at? What's boring about Fallout 76? So, big mistake, right off the bat, playing on a console, a Bethesda game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never done that. I'll never do it again, because it ran real bad. Like, real bad, Ben. Like, I'm talking where it was actively taking me out of it. Sure. Where it's just like, kick, 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 like, <laughs> oh my God. dude, okay, guys would just spawn, like, out of nowhere, then the game would just, like, freeze. <laughs> For like three seconds, then I'd be almost dead. Just like, ah, why? Why won't this work? Just work normal, please. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's running at like a cool 25 frames, like, at the best. I can't even believe Then just dies. It just dies, man. Like, I haven't played a game that bad, that runs that bad in so long. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy to me that that they would release the game in this state. You know, I haven't played it, but I've Mm -hmm. seen... The internet yeah. going nuts, which usually, usually, you know, I take with a grain of salt. I'm like, oh, but, you know, but it, but it's universal. It's yeah. everyone. It's you guys. The only thing I hear about this game is how broken and buggy it is. That's not even my biggest problem with it. I mean, Brad is completely right, uh, and that is a huge problem. And just how boring it is. Is that what yeah, you're going to get to? <laughs> I, there's, there's really no better word to describe it. Like, yeah, you're, you're saying when you're with friends, and I agree, that it's more fun, but it's more fun in spite of the game rather than because of the game, I feel like Let a lot of Let me say this. The game feel even when I'm playing with my girlfriend, the game feels the most alone I've ever felt in a Fallout game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you understand? Do you, does that make right. sense to you? And it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing to say because you talk about the wasteland and there, there's supposed to be this sense of isolation, mm-hmm. this sense of a world destroyed. But it goes way beyond that. I completely agree, Brad. Where, like, imagine that... Instead, pick of any game, pick any RPG, mm-hmm. and you have quests. Imagine that there's nothing but dots. That there's no, there's no characters. There's no story that you care about. There's no motivation. It's just dots. That's what Fallout 76 feels like. Where you, every quest ends up feeling the same. Not necessarily because every quest is exactly the same, but because the game can't support any of the ideas that it has, and it doesn't have enough ideas. Like, there's this cool quest, or I thought would be a cool quest, where they were like, oh, hey, go make friends with a Deathclaw. And you're approaching it, and it's isolated, and you're like, oh, man, it's going to jump on top of me. It's going to be cool. Is it? Is it going to be friends with me? Is it going to try to kill me? What's going to happen? And then you just get up to it, and you realize that the AI in the game is an absolute mess, and that you fight it the same way you fight absolutely everything, by just kind of awkwardly shooting and backing up. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Everything feels the same. It doesn't matter what, what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it does. Like, yeah, they might be able to disease you. They might be able to uh, irradiate you. They might be able to mutate you. But functionally, the act of shooting something or swinging at something always feels awkward and bad, so it makes every fight feel the same. And because there's no story to get invested in, you're left with these holotapes that are way too long. Yes. They're way too long. And so you're like, okay, I'm like kind of interested in what this person has to say, but then you're also like, wait, 
I can't just focus on this. There's enemy. There might be there, there are there enemies that could come out of nowhere. It seems like, and so you get attacked, and then for some reason your your hollow tape gets interrupted, and so you can't just click on it and oh resume from gosh. where you were. You have to restart the whole thing, yeah. and so it just ends up being such an inconvenience that you find yourself not caring about the story, and so you're just stuck in a world that's like half broken and bland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. I have a question for you guys. No. <laughs> yeah. Good. I have a question for you guys. Um. So we've seen live games evolve. We've seen No Man's Sky kind of out of the gate, yeah. like not what people wanted, and now it keeps getting these huge updates. Right. Do you think there is a long plan here for Bethesda and Fallout 76? Do you think later down the line they will make some crazy drastic changes? Like all of a sudden a huge patch comes or a world event, and it's like civilization. You yeah. Know? Now people are inhabiting this giant town. Here's what I'm worried about, Huber. Um, where you, the other games that you mentioned, mm-hmm. it wasn't that I felt like the game itself couldn't support more ideas. Mm-hmm. It was that there, there wasn't enough stuff in there. So, like Sea of Thieves, there just wasn't enough in there. With Fallout 76, it feels like it is held together by scotch tape. And so, if they're like, "Hey, we're gonna do this huge crazy thing," I'm like. <laughs> Will it hold? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's really my, my biggest mm-hmm. concern. I'm not saying that they can't do it or it's impossible, yeah. but that would be my concern going into it. Got it. For sure. Got it. Um, and I think that that looseness... Like, Hubert, I've been reviewing games for a, a good while now, and I've had crashes. I've had things that like didn't make sense. I've had sure. weird glitches happen. In Fallout 76, like... There was a period of like two or three days, just multiple times trying to do multiple quests, but they just didn't work. Mm-hmm. This didn't work. That's yeah, the I most ran into f- three quests. That yeah, didn't work. dude, <laughs> that's the most frustrating thing of all time in a video game for me. Yeah, number it one. Is. Number one. You're or like midway through a quest, you're doing it, yeah. and it's just like broken. It's Sorry. Like, well, guess I gotta find something else to do. Kind yeah. of. Uh, and I hate it because I think the wasteland itself is kind of the most interesting thing for me because I like the location of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a water park, Huber, and I was bored. Like, that shouldn't happen to me, man. When there's an abandoned water park. I'm yeah. like, that's what I'm talking about, dude. Fear the walking dead. But it wasn't fun because there's just ghouls that spawn constantly. I can't, like, explore anything when there's just dudes popping up all the time hitting me in the back, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me explore this environment, have fun digging through stuff, but has, I can't. Has there been any what? great moments? <laughs> great the, moments. Anything great. I don't think... I honestly think... That there is nothing that I would describe as great. How there have been moments good? that have, there have been moments that have been better than others. <laughs> there are times I think um, where you're going and it's like fall colored leaves mm-hmm. and you're listening to country roads nice. and you just kind of are like this is this is peaceful, yeah. Um, so like the radio <laughs> is nice and the building the building is okay. Like in terms of function, in terms of like what you end up doing with it. That's a whole nother thing, but in terms of, of building stuff, it, it works okay, and you can get kind of interested in that, where you're like, oh, I want to piece this together, I want to make a little house. That's, yeah. that's okay. Not great. Oh Would not say anything is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, you're just like, ah. The shooting so, like, feels real bad, too. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I'm playing No, the console. shooting feels awful. Okay. <laughs> it feels awful. It's just like, it's not fun, man. Yeah. Like I'm like the vats isn't as fun anymore. It's like I have to use the vats because I can't hit something sometimes. Cause right. Like, when it gets like in a weird certain dead zone or something, especially like small enemies are so weird to hit. Yeah. When they like stutter too, here when you aim on it goes. Bleh, 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 bleh. 
just like, come on, dude. You know how in a in a good game where you're shooting, you just kind of find that rhythm, mm-hmm. and yeah. you you get into encounters where you're able to like employ strategy and cleverly pick things off. It <laughs> Fallout seventy six feels like an awkward school dance every time, and yeah. I get that you people are gonna argue like, oh, it's an RPG, but there's not enough RPG in it to make like your decisions matter in a meaningful way in combat and so it just ends up feeling like bad melee combat bad shooting with not enough uh to differentiate it from anything else in a positive way um (laughs) the perk cards are okay i will say yeah the perk cards are all right um but i couldn't like i don't think i got one with like with lock picking or anything like that so Mm. if you don't get the cards you can't get the ability right because i wanted one for lock picking but i don't think i had one so i was like well just for not picking any locks because I didn't get one. Right. Well, you can, when you level maybe. up, when you level up, you can when choose level- lock picking. Um, there's also a chance every so often you get a card pack, and that might have you know a skill card that you're. Because I had one for like hacking, but I didn't see one for lock picking. There thing. is one for lock picking. No, yeah. but I didn't get it. Is what okay. I'm saying. Uh, sure. And it's like I want lock picking, but I didn't get the card. Yeah. Brad, having having picked some locks, I've never found anything where I'm like, oh man, I needed this over everything else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. Well, yeah, the cards are interesting. Uh, I still prefer the older method usually of how they used to do it, but right. it's, a, it's a fine experiment. It's sure. fun. It's not like anything I hate or anything. Does this make you concerned for the next Fallout, or it's so far removed from so far uh, like 3 and 4, and they got Starfield and Skyrim coming? Like The next single-player Fallout game is it probably years and years away. for Sky or Elder Scrolls, just from a pure technical standpoint. Of the game. Like, is this something they're going to continue to do? Like, Bethesda games are known for not, like, running great and being buggy, but this feels like one of the worst, like, the worst one I could recall. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's crazy, too, is that it's, you know, we're, we're kind of at the, the end of the generation here, yeah. so to speak. You know, you'd think that their games and their engines and everything would be ironed out and smooth this late in a console's life, right? You would expect maybe like the earlier games to on new technology, you know, new hardware to maybe yeah, I guess like oh, we're kind of figuring out these new tools, and it's like, dude, you've been plugging away on this for so long. Yeah, I I think the thing for me, and this this was true in Fallout Four, and is true of of all the Bethesda games that I've enjoyed a lot, is in spite of whatever technical problems that there were, uh, there was a sense of wonder, mm-hmm. and there was a sense of like. Oh man, I can't wait to come into Brandon's garage and tell them like, "Hey, go to this spot. You'll find something really cool." I wanted that to exist in Fallout 76, and there are hints of that, which I have mentioned before on this podcast, but there's really nothing there's nothing. It 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 doesn't exist in the way that it needs to in order to have you put up with all of the other yeah, bullshit that you have to. It's not enticing enough yeah. to like make you want to explore it feels right. like. Right. Um, there's, there's, <laughs> imagine playing a game where there's nothing to latch on to. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. There's nothing to latch on to mechanically, narratively. Um, yeah, the nuke novelty is kind of overwhelming. So I've, I've not launched a nuke, yeah. but uh, somebody launched a nuke in my game. And it wasn't even that big of an area. Mm-hmm. I was like, the game came up and I was like, hey man, countdown to nuke. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go over here and I'll see. I didn't even didn't even see it, which might have just been bad positioning, admittedly. Yeah. But it was like, it wasn't even that big of an area. Yeah. It wasn't even that cool. 
should be like a fourth of the map, you know, <laughs> if we're really hyping know. these things up. I don't know. I just... Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. There's like just, a conflict of interest in this game, you know, because it's like you're in this wasteland, but like PvP is pretty much off unless you both initiate. Mm -hmm. So then the environment doesn't oh, really yeah. feel hostile. Hubert, but then players are going for nukes, but then what, like... P PvP is a mess. Yeah. It is an so absolute mess. It's just, it's this weird... It's not fun to engage in. There's not a good reward. <laughs> they can respawn immediately. right immediately, <laughs> yeah. so it, it kind of, like, takes away from the satisfaction of your kill. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that kind of speaks to the general over, overwhelming problem of this game is, like, what was the objective here? Yeah, yeah. What was your goal? It, it's like... Instead of being like, we really want to do this with PvP, or we really want to do this with multiplayer, it was like, let's take what we've already had and slap these things in there, mm -hmm. with no like grand direction for what they were gonna do. Uh, and it, yeah, and I it's don't a know. prequel to it all. Yeah, it's a prequel. Mm -hmm. Do we know the the year of it or timeline? Like, uh, do we have any twenty seventy six? Do we have any like theories on when this can sync up to other games? I can look. If there's going to be sounds some crazy events, I think maybe it's like something or twenty one seventy six maybe. I I don't care enough to dig into exactly. it. Exactly. Like, I wish yeah. I wish I could come in and yeah. be like, oh man, this is a yeah. great thing that made I'm me reaching. more interested in like I'm reaching if anything, here if anything this is has <laughs> repelled me from Fallout rather than attracted me to Fallout and I feel like Damn. you never want a game to and you're do a big that. Fallout fan man. I, I, I enjoy like, Fallout yeah, yeah I enjoyed Fallout 4 I loved New Vegas I enjoyed Fallout 3 um especially at the time that they came out yeah. like I've spent a lot of time uh with Fallout I'm not the biggest most experty person oh, on course, Fallout but you enjoy the games yeah a lot. I've been I've been attached to those you announce a new Fallout game I get excited like there's a no I I yeah yeah Absolutely. So it's a narrative prequel. It's set in an alternate history and takes place in 2102. Nice. 25 years after a nuclear war that devastated oh, okay. the Earth. After a nuclear war. Got it. Um, I do kind of feel like, in a way, Huber, that... I, I don't know, but I have a sense that maybe Fallout 76 will have sort of a, a, a grimoire card situation where, like, there are people that are super enjoying this, and that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't yeah. let anyone stop you from enjoying yeah. a game. But uh, I imagine... You know there is stuff to find, or there is, there are tidbits of lore that that could be cool. Uh, but for me, much much like it was with the original Destiny, like uh, that stuff is not just exciting on its own. You have to create an atmosphere where that stuff comes to life. Otherwise, you're just you're just reading a, a Wikipedia entry. Totally. Like, Think about the games that you fall in love with. It's because they're fun to play. It's because they seem mysterious. This, at every single turn, slaps you in the face and makes you realize that it's a shitty video game. It doesn't feel like a world. It feels like a bunch of cobbled together, broken ass shit. Like, it's oh just, God. it's a mess. Yeah, I, it's crazy. I, it's astounding how much of a mess it is. Like, there are times where Abby will be sitting on the bed and I'm playing. And the only thing I can say is, like, I, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. Um, For such a huge company. Yeah. To release it in the state is pretty pretty shocking. Yeah, game's not ready. Yeah. Should have waited a while. Should have waited. I don't, I don't know. Like, you were talking about them adding a bunch of stuff or, or them waiting. Even if this was, like, polished to a shine, 
I don't know if it would be a good game. Right, but at least it wouldn't be like completely like, like it wouldn't feel as broken at least. Yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. it would work maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's frustrating, you know, that like if it's a bad game and it's broken, that like double Yeah. double blow. It's the worst. Like I'm getting like constantly getting um which is some of my Dark Souls zone. Blighttown. Blighttown, yeah. Constantly just getting like vibes like that. <laughs> <I'm> just like <laughs> Oh my God. I'm just like, dude, come on, man. I wonder how the Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield are going to feel. And yeah. people people have, because of the, the response to Fallout 76, people have been saying like how they're worried about those new games. And I'm, I'm not quite ready to be like, oh, yeah, we should definitely be super worried. Um uh, this this might just hopefully be a weird online sidestep. If yeah. we could see video game budgets, it would really help because, like, mm. on paper, this looks like a like a spinoff. Yeah, you know, yeah. modest budget yeah. compared to the new Elder Scrolls, which is going to be ridiculous. Smell the money. Yeah, you know. But it's so, just like I, I, would, mean, I would love to see. I that. think people are totally fair in being worried about it. Definitely. I mean, how can he not be after seeing this? Like. Yeah, like, Bethesda games have problems, but it's like, this is, like, a crazy amount. Like, I've never seen anything like this from their games. Like, this is right. insane how bad, like, this game operates. Yeah. Like, it, those games are far away. Like, uh, Starfield and Elder Scrolls are probably, like, years away still. Mm-hmm. But I hope Bethesda, like, looks at this and, like, hey, we can't release a game like this again. Sure. Um, you hope. I hope, yeah. <laughs> th- this is a pretty... I've seen people express this before, but this is absolutely how I felt. Uh, playing Morrowind, playing Oblivion, playing Skyrim... Um, where it was like, yeah, these games have some problems. They're weird. They're awkward at times, but you can't play anything else like this. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that is as true anymore where the, the kind of the scope of Bethesda games, and it's not fair talking about Skyrim, right? Which is seven years old at this point. Right. But that would be a concern I'd have going into these new games is it's like, I, I don't know if scope or, or amount of stuff to do is going to be as enticing. It's really going to be about the quality of those things, the writing, the characters, the way that you surprise us. Um, and and I, I just feel like there are other games doing it better. Yeah, me too. Uh, more often, more quickly, less broken. And so, I don't know. We'll have to see. Let's pick it up a little bit. Pick it up. We, uh, we trashed on... We trashed up Fallout 76. Let's let's talk about something that Huber is very into. Was talking about that I have no frame of reference for uh, the Spider-Man DLC, uh, Turf Wars. Turf War, dude. Really quick. I mm-hmm. uh, thought the first DLC, the heist, was just okay. Mm-hmm. In what way? Just okay. It was more the same. Just more Spider-Man. Uh, the the plot very f- much felt like a premise. Yeah, it's like all right, we're gonna set some stuff up. To me, that sounds like as basic as you could make story driven DLC. Exactly, it was that. Yeah, it was that. This one though, super into because it's got mafia vibes, oh, dude. That's so why you like exactly. It. <laughs> so it's all about the mag the magia and like Hammerhead. Uh, all about the mafia. It's- just that's what it is. You're just fighting mob dudes, taking them down. Wait, weren't you doing that in the first one though too? The uh, they were the enemy, but th- this one is like even more so okay. because you're like attacking their bases and stuff, and okay. like going in. You see like uh, you know poker tables set up and like 
bodies on the poker table with like mm. chips everywhere just like cool imagery uh but what really sets it apart is the combat because they added one new enemy type and this one enemy shakes up combat so Ooh. hard it's this uh shield dude right so you need to go underneath him like a normal shield dude except he charges with this red electricity field that like leaves kind of a trail on the ground and if you step in that it like damages you heavily yeah if he hits you it does a ton of damage and it's like pretty hard to telegraph because he'll charge and then charge again and then sometimes again so he's kind of like they get kind of weird with their charges um and that is really the focus of this dlc is combat I died multiple times on some of these gang hideouts. There's gang hideouts. They throw every single type of enemy at you in bulk. So you got the whip dudes, the shield guys, guns, right? Like all over the place. Uh, it was just harder to cheese. You know, couldn't do web blossom. Like blow oh, yeah. everyone down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that that's it. That's really encouraging to hear yeah. because I, I do feel like at the end of Spider-Man, yeah. uh, you kind of got to a point where fights were feeling very similar. Yeah. Still good, still enjoyable, uh, but them expanding it and making it more intense, like that really excites me and is a big Same. Yeah. motivator to, to go along with totally. it. How is the... I mean, because this is part two of three, right? Yeah. How does it pick up where we left off? What does it set up for? Like, Is all that stuff interesting? Picks up like pretty much right when the first part ends and then really sets the stage for a for a third act for a finale so cool yeah just briefly wanted to cool. talk about uh the, the combat in it that's good how cool uh, it is brendan mentioned that it was very very short did you feel like it was too short i can feel like i felt like it was the same length it was a couple hours sure which is to me is good for like a ten dollar okay. dlc yeah because sometimes I, I feel like dlc can awkwardly when he said, try to find the right length when he said short i was anticipating like 45 minutes i see and it took me like at least two hours okay so and that felt good to you you felt so, satisfied you walked away you were totally, super happy cool totally um i recommend it <laughs> does it are you is there new stuff that they're setting up for part three that has you particularly excited also how is black cat black hat's cool black okay. hat's a cool character uh yeah, Black Hat rules, and uh, I really like Screwball, the like internet. Oh, yeah. dude, I oh. hate her. Yeah. I That's hate why her, dude. She's so good. Right? I thought yeah. her. No, yes, I, I know thought she was great. Hilarious. Trying to annoy you. Yeah. yeah. But it's like it's too annoying for me. <laughs> yeah. I just like actively don't want to listen to her. Yep. Brett, I wish you could respond to Screwball. Yeah. In the game. Just like stop. Yeah. Please. Ultimate Brad, shutting it down. Yeah. Stop. Screwball. Like, dude. Great job at annoying me, but yeah. it's too annoying. Love it. Cool. Yeah. Spider-Man DLC. Spider-Man DLC, dude. Intense combat, man. Like it felt like uh, felt like some of those Arkham Knight combat challenges, dude. Yeah. Like some of these hideouts were insane. That's I died good. like five times on one when it's just like nonstop enemies coming at you. Like the damn whip guys, dude. You gotta like throw things at them, but then you got shield dudes charging you. Like that's good. Really, really had to zone in. Uh, which I hadn't done in a while in Spider-Man because like a fourth of the way through the game, it's like, all right, just mowing everyone down, you know? Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't even say fourth way. You get web blossom like, yeah. right off the yeah. bat. Web blossom OP. Destroy that everything. DLC, yeah. uh, puffing up games as we approach game of the year. Always yeah. good. Always yep. good. Totally. Adding, yeah. adding to the value. Absolutely. Totally. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time. I don't know if either of you have played it actually. 
uh, talking about a hole I fell into called Pokemon Let's Go. I can't do it, man. You can't do it? Too, mu too much on my plate already. Yeah, I have, sure. it, I have it downloaded. Like, I, was, start it. I was close to buying it yesterday. Yeah. I'll be honest, but I was like, I can't do it. I got Brad, too much to play already. Brad, I can't overstate how good of a time I've had yeah, that's, with that's Pokemon awesome. Let's Go Eevee. Then I was like, oh, I want to beat Valkyrie Chronicles still, though. Sure, sure, sure. I'm like halfway through Absolutely. that game. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I th to talk about Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, so I, I've... Completed, I beat the, yeah, I completed you it. You beat Pokemon. Yeah, I well, there, I still got to do some Master Trainer stuff. There's oh, okay. there's a battle I want to unlock. Master Band uh, post game. Yeah. Did did the Elite Four caught Mewtwo? Post game Pokemon. Did the, did the thing that happens immediately after the Mewtwo, which is so good. Uh, completed the Pokedex. Well, okay, I don't have the evolved form of Meltan, but did the. But you got the Mew. Got the Mew. Got the Mewtwo from the ball. One fifty one. Yep. No. <laughs> what do you think about that? Mew. Actually, real quick. Uh, I think it's really lame. I mean, I, I did it, so keep yeah, of course. keep that in mind. Of course. But yeah, I think having Mew in the Pokeball is really lame because to me, Mew really felt mythical. It really felt uh, mysterious. It mm -hmm. was not easy to get. You know, it wasn't something that you would go and you talk to your friends and be like, oh yeah, I've got Mew. Do you want one? It wasn't like that. It felt really, really special. And this is just something that you forget you have after you put it in your game a few hours later. <laughs> Dang. And so I, I wish they maybe could have done justice a little bit more to that original sure. sense. But, you know, beyond that, I really have a bunch of positive things to say about the game. It, um, all of the things, not all of the things, but some of the things that I was worried about or that it would take away uh, ended up not being that big of a problem. Uh, I was worried about no wild battles, but you still you there are so many trainers that you fight. You definitely get your fill of combat. I don't okay. think lack of combat is a problem uh, in Pokemon Let's Go, and I do think they have other things uh, that kind of circumvent this this lack of wild battles where the more you catch the same type of Pokemon, you'll build up a combo and you'll get a better chance for shinies or a better chance for rare spawns. That's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting to uh, go in hunting for something, see that number go up, and then to have it finally spawn. Um, being able to not only pop every Pokemon out of the Pokeball, but to ride so many of them. Yeah. And not just rides. I mean, I, there, are, there are some problems with the animations for sure, but I really do feel like there's a lot of moments where Game Freak took an extra step to make it special, to make it feel cool. Uh, when you are on Snorlax's belly, yeah, they didn't have to that's do good that. Stuff. That's really cool. That's really charming. That that speaks to the identity <laughs> of that character, um, and just a lot of the story stuff. The way they re envision some of the gyms, like Blaine's gym, where you take the quiz, how theatrical that is, how much fun it is, how zany it feels. Uh, it's it's really really cool, and so. It's not just this like straight revisitation of Gen 1. It's not just this straight revisitation of Kanto. It is this really hyper jolly like pumping up of Kanto in a lot of ways. And I think if you if you care about that generation or that was a big part of your childhood like it was for me, it's fun to see them touch things up or add new twists that make sense and I, I would argue don't uh, ruin it at all. Nice. Um, uh, people have definitely talked about the difficulty, and I think that is a fair point to bring up. Your partner Pokemon 
especially uh, can be so powerful that you blow through things. I would argue that even if you're not using your partner Pokemon, it's pretty easy to just blow through things. Um, but it ends up not mattering to me all that much. Um, I, I get maybe that if you're just an absolute diehard Pokemon and you play through every generation immediately and you've been doing this for years, that might be more of an issue for you, and I think that's totally fair. But for me... We were talking about Fallout 76, right? And my thing for Fallout 76 is like, yeah, you can complain about all this Bethesda stuff, but usually there's a world there, there's a story there to kind of fill in for those things that are underdeveloped. Um, there was so much going on that it was just a pleasure to walk through, a pleasure to see there were surprises that like I didn't mind that it was easy. I, I still think it was a highly entertaining time. I, I actually kind of said the same thing about Dragon Quest XI, where I felt like there was so much going on and there was enough creativity present uh, that the difficulty on the default setting mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't too big of a deal. There are Master Trainer battles, uh, which after you beat the game... There's a trainer for every single Pokemon, and what you do is it's not a normal Pokemon battle. It is one-on-one -on -one versus that exact Pokemon. So let's say you, that you go to the Caterpie Master. You have to use a Caterpie one-on-one -on -one against their Caterpie, so you're going to have to like level things up. You're going to have to develop a strategy to get through these things. Um, but the rewards you get for beating six of them, I think, is is pretty cool. And again, like... They're taking extra steps that they didn't need to take. Uh, but yeah, it was oh, cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It ended up being... it end, A, it ended up being a lot more charming than I thought it would be. And B, it ended up being a lot more substantive than I expected. Cool, yeah. It looked pretty... When we first saw it, it looked pretty shallow yeah. at first. Yeah. It definitely looks better than I expected. I'll mm -hmm. say that. I just... I just can't get in the way of, like, how you catch them in that game. Mm. Like, I like the battle part when you, like... Yeah. Like, it's not even the random encounter aspect of, like, I'm fine with them being on the map. That's cool or whatever, but I just don't... I don't enjoy the throwing the Pokeball, I guess. Right. That... I know it's, like, it's supposed to connect with Pokemon Go. It makes total sense. But the good thing is they're just making the real deal game for me still. I think the thing that worked for me with Pokemon Let's Go is the more I played it, the more it really felt like its own thing. Mm -hmm. That it was, it was charting its own path. Um... I agree with you that catching them can really suck, especially as you get later on and the Pokemon get more fidgety uh, and a little bit more aggressive, um, and they're not really just standing there waiting for you to catch them. The motion controls just do not hold up to that, and it ends up being an aggravating experience where you'll feel like you'll ho you're holding the controller the exact same way, you're throwing it in the exact same way, you swear that you are, and it just shoots off to the left <laughs> or right. And it's like, what? No, that just wasted a ball. That feels bad. Um, playing in handheld mode, though? Mm -hmm. Yeah really alleviates that um, a lot. And that would be the way that I would recommend people go through it. It's more enjoyable that way, or at least it was a lot more enjoyable for me. Um, but still, that's a super valid criticism with like one of the major ways of controlling this game, I think, uh, doesn't hold up in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, at least it didn't for me. Um, I will say, though, after uh, last night a little bit, I, I started uh, Pokemon White... I thought oh. it was Pokemon Black, but it was Pokemon Pokemon Black. I started, Pokemon Black. I started, yeah, no, I'm, I want to, be, I want to be in a Pokemon hole. I uh, started Pokemon White. I thought it was Pokemon Black, but it was Pokemon White a while ago, a few months ago. And I was in an area, and it, I, I felt a stress that I never had in Let's Go, where I was running out of moves. Um, things were actually damaging me. It was a lot harder to level up. Every random encounter 
was an important decision of, do I want to get through this to get the experience? Do I want to catch this? Do I just want to move on to save on PP and health? And it, it felt like a whole nother layer of strategy that just is not present um, in Let's Go. And so I, I think if you're like, oh man, I really need that kind of Pokemon, you're, yeah. you're not going to get it. But I think it's a good, like, good if you're lapsed. If you're a lapsed Pokemon person, sure. it's an easy way to get reattached to this world. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah. And it's also low barrier, low stress. And I, I exactly, really advocate yeah, games that's like the that. appealing yeah. part to it. That's to us, at least yeah, right now. yeah. Like uh, the last many years, my biggest criticism of Pokemon has been how easy it is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just so easy. Like because it's so easy, it makes the act of catching the Pokemon not seem as meaningful for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a leaf on the wind. Mm-hmm. I change moods all the time. True. Yeah. And right now I'm in a mood for no stress. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the 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 ease of Pokemon is actually appealing right, right now. So it's, yeah, I just haven't installed. I just haven't played it yet. It's but, appealing so. to me, but I feel like for me, I would be into it. But then like four or five hours in, then I yeah, might long? get a little bored. I don't know. How long is it? So... That's it's a little hard for me to say. I think my save file ended up being around forty hours, and I got I did you the do decks. Like, and you did a ton of stuff. Yeah, I, I think if you're crit pathing it, you can be 25. much shorter than that. Um, but I also dumped a good number of Pokemon from Pokemon Go into. Oh, okay, game how's well. that? So. How does that work? Does it work well? I mean, yeah, it works. It works well in the sense that it works, and it's not really a hassle. But Does anything feel cheesy with it? Or oh yeah, when okay. I dumped okay. When, okay. I, when I dumped a bunch of Pokemon in, and my deck shot up by like forty or whatever it was, it was like ah, didn't really mm. didn't really feel like same. I earned that in the yeah. same way. Um, Wait, so with Mew though, Mew is only in the ball. You can only is get that Mew the from only the way you can pl- yes. complete the Pokedex. Yes. So even if you have, so you can buy this game for sixty bucks digitally. Mm-hmm. And not get Mew. And you cannot finish the Pokedex? You can't beat the game? Because um, to a lot of people, that's beating the I game. I don't know. Because I, I started it with yeah. Mew, I don't know if you if it'll just count 150 for the rewards. Because if you do complete the decks, um, you can get a Shiny Charm, Ooh. which makes it easier to catch Shiny Pokemon. Ooh, Shiny Charm. And if yeah. you have... So you got that Mew. You can't trade it because then yours would be gone? No, I think you can trade it. I th- mm. Like I mean, if you no, ha- if, that wouldn't make sense. If you have one, it doesn't like duplicate it to give to someone, right? It's like you're physically giving your Mew yes. to someone. Yes. Got when it. when you do that with trading, you are yeah. you are giving away yeah. your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a ball, you could share with a friend, right? And they'll get Mew also. No. Oh. Once you it's redeem, like one per. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my, that's yeah. crazy, dude. Yeah. I believe. I, that's, I'm a little bit. That's DLC. That's some like maybe. drug deal <laughs> yeah, tactics, dude. Straight <laughs> on, up. On everything Only that we're talking about here. on Mew, I'm I'm not confident on. It. I didn't try to try. I didn't try Got to like it. see how far this thing went. Got it. I wasn't really thinking about it that way. How um, so this could, yeah, yeah. this could this how could all is, be wrong. How much is the ball? Fifty bucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> what? Yeah, I thought it was like fifteen or twenty at most. No. I was no, thinking thirty at most. I wouldn't have that much of a problem with the price, but it does feel like shoving Mew behind it is a really dumb. Like thing. I would be even like, like I would. I was in even even without Mew. I just wanted the Pokeball because yeah, yeah. it's like the whole experience. Yeah. Right, they're selling. Right. Yeah, and I, I think it could have just been fine on its own. I mean. 
maybe Mew pushed it over the edge. I'm sure it did for a lot of people. Maybe it did even for me. But I, I liked the idea of a Pokeball. It felt like a fun, cute thing Definitely. for people who really wanted it, who weren't bothered by the price. For sure. Right. And then this whole other layer just makes it feel gross yeah. and and really sleazy oh, to me. Yeah, yeah if, if, if it was just 50 and it was just for the, the motion, like that's yeah. fine. You know, you want, the, you want to RP it. Right. That's cool. Uh, I hope, but like the only way to finish the deck, dude. I uh. really hope there's a way you could just share Mew with that yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. Or man. like, <laughs> let me find like a wild Mew somewhere. What's the story? Like it crash lands or something? Or is that Mew two? I don't know. My <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah, yeah. Never we don't mind. know anything. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we micro. Yeah, not experts at all. <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, well. <laughs> The Mew thing, I think, is is an easy and, and justifiable thing to get hung up on and to talk about. Like, yeah. well, you're really, fun, the, man, the simplest thing is, I, I was on the Easy Allies podcast. I was like, I am not looking forward to Pokemon Let's Go at all. Like, do they really need to make Pokemon simpler? It, it was like, like last on our desire. Index, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. I, I just felt it would be a more hollow experience than I was expecting. And this was a game that, like, you... <laughs> My girlfriend had to come up to me and she's like, do you want to eat? Like, I was just, I really was just so sucked into it oh for days. And I would be, ex I'd be excited to wake up and play it. I'd be excited to get home and play it. Like, it really just had this magic to it that yeah. you want Pokemon to have, that you remember Pokemon having. Um, and that may not be true for everyone, but it was definitely I'm, true I'm, for I'm me. I'm pleased everyone's enjoying the game, though. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Gen 8, though. Like, Gen 8. Yeah, was, that's the real deal, <laughs> Gen man. Yeah. Those I mean, starters better be good. That's I all I'm saying. I was interested before, but Bring this your A definitely game. Uh, like, wetted Need some a mono art design on those Pokemon or something. Like, this better be the, the god tier. Need to know more, I guess, I really like the, uh, the design of a, a Lolan Pokemon. Oh, just a I Lolan thought the, the last ones were cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Lolan Pokemon themselves. All right. Um, Huber. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about Battlefield Five, dude. Battlefield Five, good, good, so good, <laughs> good, loving it. Good. You, were, uh, you and I, you and I played together not yes. that long ago, like a week ago, and yeah. we had I, I had a blast. Oh, I don't yeah. want to speak for you, oh, yeah. but I had a really good time. Oh yeah, yeah. The damn pilot. <laughs> yeah, there was this this enemy pilot. Yeah. to set the tone. Ben and I are playing, and we're doing my favorite map, which is like. Armas or whatever, I don't know how to say it. But we're doing my favorite map and it has the church bell tower. And I'm like, Ben, I'm only going for the bell tower. <laughs> so I like keep trying to get on this bell tower and I'm up there and this plane goes by and it just mm -hmm. keeps like peppering the building. Like doo -doo 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 -doo, blows me up. You know, I get back up there again. Finally the plane just like blows up the entire bell tower. And, and other so, people, and myself included, trying to get in planes, trying to yeah. fight this guy, no chance. No chance. <laughs> Ace of the skies, Ace man. Ace of the skies. So, like, ten minutes later, the, he gets me again, or whatever. He just, like, keeps getting me every once in a while. Ten minutes later, like, I haven't heard anything <laughs> from Ben for a minute. And he goes, somebody get this pilot. <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody. So funny. Go. And then I played the other day, dude, and it was so funny because one of my squad mates just like types in chat he's like we have the skies and he's like flying around <laughs> yeah like, yeah and uh that'll lead me into the conversation just uh well i guess we'll start off with vehicles mm -hmm. and the way battlefield 5 has handled vehicles this time around a lot less of them a lot less of them because they're you know my perception is that their intention is 
to have less, but have them be more impactful. Right. So every time a tank shows up, holy crap, get out of Dodge. Uh, anytime a plane comes, you know, they have the chance to just wreck the map. Right. And and in my experience, that's been pretty true. I, yeah. I feel like so many matches that I've played, a tank is just dominating a point yeah. really, really hard. And and good people who know how to approach uh, can really just swing entire matches. And that's... Yeah. That's cool. You Absolutely. want that. You want that use and that skill to be rewarded. Yeah, because the some of the best ways to destroy a tank, obviously, are the rocket launcher, which mm-hmm. is now t- tied to assault. Um, but ammo is an issue, so mm-hmm. you only get like two rockets, and then you got to refill two rockets to like the back of the tank. Usually, will not take it out. Uh, and then if you hit it on the side, sometimes it can like ricochet oh. the rocket. It'll do like barely any damage. It'll kind of like deflect off the armor. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, taking out a tank is 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 kind of an issue. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's a team based game. I've seen a tank roll up and then just like four or five guys like boom, done like right. tank mm-hmm. destroyed. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot less vehicles and there's there's definitely more of a focus on infantry um and squads and teammates it is very much all about you know battlefield's always been about teamwork but this time especially squads are so important because you get bonus points uh by helping your squad you even if you're not a medic you can revive squad mates so you can just keep picking each other up you know uh that's that's been really beneficial um and calling in like requisition orders too. Yeah. Uh, you're the squad leader. You know you can you can set objectives depending on how well your squad is doing. You can call in vehicle reinforcements. I think that stuff needs some tuning and balancing. Sure. How long it takes. You know, I'll go an entire match pretty much as a squad leader and call in one one tank. It can be really hard where when you're like crushingly behind yeah. and getting that would really help you yeah but because the other team has such a control you, yeah. you don't get that which makes sense they want to reward you for doing well and doing objectives but i sometimes i wish there were better ways of, of gauging you doing well on a losing team totally uh, if you know what i mean yep um huber yeah the, the last time we talked about battlefield 5 uh you said how Every class has a purpose. Yes. And uh, that wasn't something that I, I had felt until <clears throat> playing more of it and then playing with you, how much I enjoy being every single class, every class. and how useful all of them feel. And yeah. it was a great situation where I would be somebody like an assault or a recon, and I wish I had something from the other classes. And the way that they've tuned health, the way that they've limited ammunition yeah. uh, really makes you want to have those support classes. Uh, the spotting from the recon, which more people need to do, I know, uh, is really valuable in the right situation. And so, yeah, just just to emphasize your point, I think you were really right about that. Uh, one of my favorite things this franchise has done was add suppression. I think that was Battlefield three or four added suppression. I think <laughs> suppression was three. Yeah, it with, might have been four, but I think yeah, it was three. Yeah, with a heavy machine gun and just. I can't stress enough because there's not as there's spotting has been so reduced because Mm -hmm. it's recon now. I can't stress enough how important it is to like, or how beneficial I'd say not important, but beneficial it is to hunker down in a spot. I am obsessed with the MG 34 (laughs) 
bipod lying down yeah. or like setting this thing up in a window with a bipod and just mowing down anyone who gets in my path. We had this wonderful moment where Huber and I were together. I was just behind him. I was a recon. Uh, and you were support with yeah. an LMG, and you were just like, bunker down. Yeah. And we were on this like little swamp island, Yeah. and I would be spotting them. Yeah. He'd be firing, and, and then I'd be trying to pick off as many as I could with a sniper. We just were raking up points. So many there's like tanks great. everywhere. It's like... and, I, and I think this vibe, like you opening up the Battlefield conversation, talking about the plane, yeah. uh, and then going into us hunkering down. Like, when I think of Battlefield... Those are the kind of stories that I want to come along with, where where it's like, oh man, this felt so cool and unique to me, even though it totally isn't. That's what you wanted to inspire, and I, I feel like Battlefield Five has done that. Yes, uh, and you know, relying on your teammate can, teammates can be kind of a frustrating thing too if you're oh, playing with absolutely. strangers, right? And please I was thinking, play with friends if you can. Yeah, and yeah. I was thinking about yeah. Call of Duty. You know, I, I played some Call of Duty over the break as well, and. I love Black Ops 4. It's definitely one of the better Call of Duty games. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, same thing. Diving into a match, running and gunning. You're on your own. Right. You know, your teammates could be there or not be there. It really wouldn't change much. Uh, you know, they've added, like, specializations and all that. But anyway, having to rely on your teammate, I can see. Because, like, Call of Duty, I'm, I'm basically trying to say, Call of Duty, I can just dive in, get some kills, have a good time right. on my own, but it's super frustrating in Battlefield, bleeding out, calling for a squad mate right there. No one's around. No one's even shooting around here. He like looks at my corpse and just walks off. <laughs> it's like, dude, just pick me up. I'm right here, dude. Yeah. Or like, you know, uh, someone, one of the allies told me a really good note though was uh, when you're not squad leader, if you request an order from your squad, and they don't give one, you'll be promoted to squad leader in 60 seconds. Just little things like that's that. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. That's good. So uh, it's really yeah. nice, because I take that stuff super seriously of, like, attack this, defend this. Yeah, I think that's super valuable. When, yeah. I, when I first got access to uh, the full version of Battlefield Five through mm -hmm. EA Premiere or whatever it was, uh, I went into a match, and, like, some guy was frustrated with the team, and I remember somebody typing in the chat... Don't really care about winning right now, just trying to level up recon. And <laughs> that's what he said. That's what he said. And obviously, maybe that's not true for everybody. It's easy to generalize. But I've definitely been in many matches when, it, when it's just me playing. Yeah. Where it's like, yep, there's, there's that squad of people yeah. just hanging out with the sniper rifles, not contributing, not really mm -hmm. even playing the game. Well, that's crazy, too, because... I had an incident like that on my own, but I was sacrificing leveling up for the win, mm -hmm. okay? And, I, and I, I go back to hunkering down with a heavy machine gun, right? There's, a, there's a, a control point in the center of town, and there's this one building kind of off to the corner with a window of the courtyard, mm -hmm. but it's not in the capture zone. So I went in, and I'm, I just hunkered down in that building while my team went in to capture it. I didn't get any of those points. I didn't get the capture, but I had covering fire from yeah. this window. So I made an active choice for the team. Right. And I wonder if that's like by design, you know, if if there's there's just something there of like, you know, do I 
do I try to help the team win or do I go for the points? It'd be like cool how if it much gave you like an assist point or something like that for helping defend. Yeah, like it should like some something in the game mm-hmm. where it realizes like you're defending your team or looking over this. I don't know if totally you could even do that, but uh, something yeah. like that would be nice. On yeah. a certain level, though, and this sounds super cynical, I suppose, mm-hmm. but I think when I when I'm playing Battlefield by myself, I just kind of accept that I'm going to have less of a good time. Yeah, uh, because people are just going to well, do yeah. things that makes sense. Like yeah. if if you're going to do that, right? If that if that's your focus. There is team deathmatch. Yeah. Like, why not just do that? Totally. I don't get it. I don't get it. If you just want to kill people, yeah. which is fine, yeah. that's fun too. Yeah. I think because in team deathmatch, sniper is not as good because it's more running and gunning. So when people play solo, you know, traditionally in Battlefield, anytime I wasn't playing with Brad, that would be my time to snipe. Yeah. Because you're lone wolfing, you're lying in a bush for minutes at a time. Why not? You know, I'm playing on my own. Let's just snipe. Um, but I think adding the spotting to recon was one of the best choices they ever made. Yeah. yeah. Because that is like, yo, this is a team move. This is the most, one of the most team moves in the game. Right. For the lone wolf class, uh, which is really good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the maps. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't think I've, I've, can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, like, oh man, these maps are amazing. But I've definitely had. Uh, some great moments. I don't remember any of the names of the maps, but yeah, the, the names are tough. The the giant bridge. We're basically twisted the, steel. The, the entire thing <laughs> yeah. takes place in the bridge. Dude. That was really an incredible experience. Yeah, for me because there's the two bridge points. Yeah, that's why it's amazing because there's one at the base and one at the top. So it's this constant struggle. It's like a king of the hill thing. Yeah, and then there's like this huge open ground right. underneath. No, right. no point there. But and so a you kind of have the best of both worlds. I feel like where you have this slow moving. <laughs> brutal war of attrition going on on this bridge but then you also have space underneath to try to sneak around try to do something cool there are points on the bridge where you can try to pop in and catch people (laughs) off guard and so it's not just this one thing going on it's all of these other things supporting this kind of one big idea that i love yeah love that map Love the city, like Armas or whatever. That is it the, the, the one field, with the, the yellow field? Yeah, that one's is it the cool. one with the bell tower? The best that one's map. great. That yeah, that's one of my best that favorite good. of all time. That one's great. That one's great. Um, a criticism I have is the fortifications. Completely useless. I'm telling you right now. I've, I've played this game over 20 hours, yeah. and fortifications have so come in really handy. No one, time when you're like trying to defend a point or one anything. Time. Okay. One time it helped. That, like a couple soldiers were coming, and I built a, a sandbags to hide behind. Right. That happened one time. Hmm. I had this awkward moment where I was getting shot at, and I threw down some fortifications, and I managed to live. No, okay. So that yeah. felt okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement yeah. of, of fortifications. Yeah, it just yeah. seems... Well, there's like ammo crates, right? You could fix or something, if I remember yeah, correctly. You can, yeah, and that, you know, they tweaked the ammo in the beta... Everyone was running out of ammo. They tweaked it the other way. Well, I played at E3, uh, yeah, ran ammo real fast. Now I don't. Run out oh, of ammo, okay. so they completely tweaked it the other way. People oh, were, too far. E- everyone was complaining about the ammo, oh. so now mm-hmm. they're just like, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't... Unlimited fire, like... I guess I guess that's where it is now, where you can't just constantly unlimited fire spray. Oh, someone's in the, in, over there, let me just spray there. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I at least need to wait until I have a target to shoot. Okay. Um, I do feel like, in comparison to Battlefield 1, again, I'm like fighting against my memories of yeah. Battlefield 1 rather than recent hands-on experience, but I do feel like the shooting feels better. I'm enjoying getting into both close and long-range firefights more than I did in Battlefield 1. Yeah. 
Um, heavy machine guns are amazing because you, depending on what you choose, you really have to hunker down. There mm. are some ones that are good with aiming down the sights, but then they're not as good as stationary. Um, I feel like machine guns. What are, guns and or? some some machine guns and assault okay. rifles are just amazing at medium range Mm -hmm. like an assault rifle at medium range is it's like a laser Mm -hmm. um and that kind of makes sniping a lot better for super long range i feel like sniping now is ultra long range yeah um instead of you know in a way that you don't like it's taking it's taking some getting used to Mm. because in Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, my MO was, you know, get near a battleground, snipe some dudes, move around. You know, it was a little more run and gun yeah. with the sniper, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Um, but now it's now it's 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 more stationary, I feel like. For me personally, I don't know. Everyone plays differently. Um, but for me, I haven't really gotten a good Good feel for the sniper yet. Maybe I need mm. to unlock some uh, some better ones that are more like one hit kill. But it's like, you know, a uh, 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 to to put it in context, a traditional fight for me goes like: I'll have my sniper rifle. I'll see a dude. I'll get a body shot. You know, I'll miss the head. I'll get him in the body. Yeah, it'll do like sixty five damage. He'll see me then. Machine gun dead. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> that happens all the time. Uh, so it's like I'm finding less use for the sniper rifle unless it is a great distance. See, which is that's that's an opposite good. reaction of what I had because yeah. playing the sniper, it was like, hey, really be careful about your shots. Make sure you get that. Make headshot. sure you get the headshot. And then when yeah. you do, it's especially amazing. from a great distance, you just feel so good. So good. Yeah, you really feel like a god in, yeah. in a great way and just I, like the the skull icon for the, the sound like yeah, yeah it's, yeah. Hmm. It it's insane high level dopamine yeah yeah rich thick yeah. dopamine thick thick dopamine <laughs> yeah i need to get better at it i think because i i am never confident in my abilities i was always so confident of sniping in battlefield always yeah it's like dude i love sniping in those games mm-hmm. So I, it's just it's an adjustment. Yeah, I, I feel that way about Battlefield Five in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, and maybe this was because it was the beta running into it, and it, it not really clicking right away. But the more I spent time with it, the more I got into it. Yeah. Um. And and it's getting to the point where I'm I'm having a, a consistently good time when yeah. I am able to play. So. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's amazing. Uh, I would like a little more vehicles or maps with maps that feature more vehicles, like sure. because we have so much infantry in Battlefield Five. It's clearly the focus. It's yeah, infantry combat. Some of the maps, like Rotterdam, you you know, is is just straight infantry. Mm-hmm. I would love it if because it doesn't feel this way. I don't know. I I, I don't know if this is is the case, but it feels like the more open maps would be a great way to add more vehicles. It's like if we're going to do a huge open map, like Aerodome or something, have more vehicles spawn. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we do Rotterdam, it's like, okay, it makes sense for like to have less because it's right. an infantry. You just, you just want a little bit more of a mix. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So. Hey, Brad. Yeah. So fun. Yeah, yeah. I've got some good news, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know how on this podcast we always go like, oh, hey, you said, you said, the, you word. said the word. You said the word. You said the word. 
Uh, I have some good news. So the Wait, demons... I, have a, I have a question. Though. Yeah. Sorry, this absolutely. is... I gotta stop you no, guys. No, I mean, go for I it. I gotta stop you here. Go for it. When are you getting Battlefield? Uh, when I don't have to play something for work. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that's I haven't played fair. a video game in two days. <laughs> I am constantly thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. But I Need have you in there, I have bro. to play for work. Need I'll, you in there. I, I have faith that Brad will get in there. Good. Um... Yeah, normally we say a word, a forbidden word yeah, that the sorry, demons, demons don't like that triggers it. Uh, they heard us talking about Thanksgiving. and like, you know what? We're going to take the day off today. Oh. Put your feet up. Have a, have a demon Thanksgiving. Right, nice. Yeah. I don't know what that means. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it could be horrible, but that's 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 what their word is. And so we, we are going into this kind of frame trap of our own volition. Nice. Uh, today I want to talk about something, it, it, it is not the most original conversation, but I do feel like it's particularly relevant with everything going on, uh, with Detective Pikachu, with Monster Hunter, with Castlevania that recently came out, with Devil May Cry, uh, being announced. Right. Uh, I want to talk about what does it take for a good video game adaptation. Uh, but, before we get into that, mm-hmm. let's thank our sponsors. Oh, okay. First sponsor is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Always fun to say thank you for your continued support of Frame Trap, Greg. Next, we've got Dale Sun. Thank <laughs> you, Dale Sun. Following him, we've got Zoteg. Hi, allies. Hello. With Hi. the hype train of Final Fantasy XIV's Shadowbringers pulling out of the station. It's <laughs> a good way to say that. I wanted to send out an invite <laughs> to any allies on the Matthias server or greater uh, Ether Data Center to join our free company or cross-world link shell. If you're on Matthias, search me up at Sophia, but it's spelled X apostrophe O F I A, Braxish, B R A X I S H, Sophia Braxish. Uh, search for me on weeknights around seven Central Time. We'll have a cross-world private server finder with the password EZASB. Whether you're just starting out in Eorzea or have been playing for years, let's get ready for Shadowbringers together. Yo, that gets me hyped, man. Rallying, Dude. rallying the, the rally troops. call. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Great. Yeah, that gets me so hyped. I was Jeez. thinking about 14 recently, man. Yeah, Damiani's <clears throat> talking to me about it. Oh, yeah, we it's we need some people to like me. guide us and like train us. Yeah. Dude, I'm not even level capping. Wow, man. MMOs. There's a lot. There's a lot, and you accept it, and yeah. you do what yeah, you can. Yeah, you do what you exactly. can. Exactly, do what you can. Next, we've got JoJo's Dent Co. Thank you, JoJo's Dent Co. Thank you. After that, we've got Oh Yes, Cool Great. Following Oh Yes, Cool Great, we've got Blue. Thank you, Oh Yes and Blue. <laughs> Next, we have Alex AI, an SRPG enthusiast who has a request for Michael Huber. Ooh. Lay it on me. Can we get Huber to wish for a brand new Advance Wars? Dude, yeah, I have before. Have uh, you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Advanced Wars hype. Nice. I didn't know you were into Advanced Wars. Dude, love, love Advanced Wars. That's cool. What was that GameCube game? Battalion uh, yeah, Wars. Yeah, Battalion Wars. I didn't fun. play Battalion Wars. Battalion Wars was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was good as Advanced Wars, but it was cool. Bring it back. All right. Bring it back. Dude, Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Tomorrow. E3 2019. We're going to need you, Nintendo. Sony's not going to be there. We need Nintendo Step it up. To pull the weight, get something like Advance Wars going. That's what we need. <laughs> Don't know what more you could ask for from Huber than that. That was good. That was a passionate cry for Advance Wars. Oh, I love that game. Uh, 
Next, we have Picture Pathway, a visual perception card game currently uh, currently to be crowdfunded on Kickstarter. The Kickstarter is, is live and active right now. Get ready to put your brain to the test as you race to connect as many colorful shapes as possible into one long, twisting pathway. <laughs> nice. Your pathway lies before you. Can you see it? And now. Our mega sponsor, Jigarbob Productions. A buddy of mine was like, yo, play this game Wander Song. It's amazing and totally made for you. Hell, if you made a game, I bet you would be it would be like this. Being <laughs> the good friend that I am, Jigarbob said, I picked it up. No hyperbole, Wander Song has to be one of the jolliest games I've ever played. <laughs> You're a bard, and you go on a huge adventure, but instead of using swords and combat, your voice is your weapon. Ooh, you dude. sing to defeat ghosts, do puzzles, and interact with the environment. It's so uplifting, and the writing is super funny. Nice. Four out of four. Nice. Sounds good. Nice. Now it's time for a brief discussion on what does it take for a good video game adaptation. Oh, okay. Adi Shankar. <laughs> just yeah. that one person alone can yeah. make it um i think being super faithful to the source material is always a good thing like mm. when we see what we've seen on monster hunter yeah it's like e yikes not too hyped on that like right. the castlevania anime i feel like it's not it's definitely not the same as three but it definitely stays loyal to what makes castlevania castlevania like dude i just finished episode two they know what's up man the the boss comes the flying boss, the tag oh, team, for yeah. the night, in for Sydney in the four, night, yeah, right, yeah, like second episode. Let's have a sick boss, like the boss fight with those dudes, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's an amazing moment, yeah. And you go like, oh wow, what a cool way, what a to cool, yes, yeah. But I th I think the thing for me about Castlevania is it's not that all the time. Yeah, they're not trying to to slap you in the face and be like, listen, man, we understand Castlevania. They do they do enough. And they do it carefully enough that it makes sense and is cool. Mm -hmm. But, like, think about how slow-moving Castlevania Season 2 is. And I mm -hmm. don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. It's just like, no, our, our priority here is to build this mythology, yeah. uh, play up these characters, forge these alliances um, in a way that it's just fascinating on its own, even if you don't know anything about Castlevania. Yeah, you can still enjoy it. And that's what I want. I just want a good-ass story. Yeah. Um, the... <laughs> the Resident Evil movies are a fascinating beast <laughs> because when the first one came out, it was so removed from the games, right? It had, like, maybe the basic framework of Umbrella doing sketch things. You're trapped in a location trying to get out. Some lab. It's lab, you know, the liquor. And that really upset me <laughs> right i was upset i was like what is this like this isn't resident evil okay so then we get the next one which is nemesis it's like oh maybe they're they're trying to go more lean into the video game more mm -hmm. well, resident evil apocalypse is one of the worst movies ever made <laughs> hands down okay so let me get to the third one extinction right and this is kind of a turning point for me with yeah. this franchise where then they started going away from the games and really started focusing on Mila Jovovich's Alice character. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started just enjoying them for what they were. They're bad movies. They're not really faithful to the games. but in, in, And it's like, it's weird, and, and this is the part I want to bring up, is that anytime that franchise tried 
to honor and mimic the game, it was worse for it. It's when they focused on this new Alice character yeah. that that it was good. I was like, dude, I'm interested in her. Let's just watch her be a badass and go, th- you know, go through this. It's when they threw in Chris and Leon and Wesker and like you know Claire. Well, it's like they didn't even try to stay low. Ex- they yeah, threw because in, like, they tried car- to do they threw in like you this character's name. Yeah, and that's it. Exactly. They didn't throw like any like the the plot stuff from what I've yeah. seen. Really, the other ones. So I think I think you either gotta like zone in on it hard or abandon it completely. Yeah. Well, but then no, but then Castlevania kind of is in the middle too. I think about Resident Evil Apocalypse, Huber. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think if you like remove Nemesis or you remove like Jill's outfit, you were to, to take a, a clip of that movie yeah. or like a, a shot from that movie and try to put it within Resident Evil as you know it. It just doesn't make any sense. And so I don't. I don't think it's like about being like, oh, li- look, this enemy is here. It's that like you think about Castlevania and the ways that they're they're deepening that lore, they're expanding it. It it makes sense. It it is playing into a tone you're already familiar with and know. It doesn't feel like like it's just a different thing with the same name slapped on it. Yeah. Um, and I, that's what's really. I think it works for Castlevania too because like. This, like the the source material is not really much of a story there, right? Totally, it, it's that that's the lore that is there. Yeah, like either came in later things or was like in you go on a wiki and you can dig through it. But yeah. like in those NES games, no, it's not super presented. But it also doesn't feel out of place. No, it's like it's like what you imagine yes, when you're playing Castlevania Three. What you want Trevor Belmont yeah. to be, it mm-hmm. feels right with your mm-hmm. own experiences. Yeah, so I think it's just honoring like the the spirit of the game. You know, I think that's the most important thing. It's like, yeah. what do you want? Yeah, from I think it captures the tone of the games. Yeah, really well. And, and, and it's like, what do you want from a Monster Hunter movie? And it's right. like, I want to see, I want to see some people, people, someone using a charge blade, exactly, like wearing killing monster some, armor, like yeah, fighting, killing like, some big ass monsters. Right. I, if there was a new Resident Evil movie for me, I want it to be slow. I want to just, you do that trailer, I want you just doing shots of empty hallways and rooms in a mansion. Yeah. Like, to me... Scare the shit out of me. Right. It's not like motorcycles running off buses and explosions. Right. It needs to be like what 7 was for the Resident Evil franchise. Right, exactly. They just need to dial it way the hell back. Yeah. 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 Like, put them in the mansion, man. Yeah. Put them in the mansion, small-scale encounters... Super slow pace. So what do you think then of Detective Pikachu? Which I I, I would argue that the response has been mostly positive uh, with definitely some sharp divisiveness here and there. Sure. um, Those designs have things that resemble the original designs, but it's it's a lot different. It's a lot fuzzier, a little bit... Yeah, the fur fur kind of freaked me out, Mm. but the movie looks awesome. Again, I don't have a deep, deep, yeah. deep That's attachment it. to Pokemon. So what makes it look awesome to you as somebody who's not, you know, a hardcore Pokemon person? It looks edgy, man. It looks edgy and funny. It looks like a Hollywood blockbuster action adventure movie. What? So what? what is exciting <laughs> about that? Just for Pokemon, I guess. Like it's just a scene. It's a weird, period. yeah. Like it's a, it's an, it's an epic tone mm-hmm. for Pokemon to go for. You know, it, it's like the, the like Greninja is like sliding down the hall and like yeah. 
you know, it just looks action packed. And that's mm-hmm. not a place I thought it was gonna go. For me, the a big reason why I'm excited about excited about Detective Pikachu is we we, we talked about that tone and, and things lining up. Um, you look at shots and you look at how the world is constructed and you look at how like in the signs on the posters on his wall, these are all referencing very key or very recognizable things within Pokemon. And again, I don't think it should just be like, listen, can you believe we have this thing? And that's not really the vibe that I'm getting. It's kind of baked into every scene. Like, it's just sort of massaged in there. And I hope and think it will feel like a world where Pokemon makes sense Mm -hmm. in a way that Pokemon has already defined for us. It will build up the rules using the rules that we already have, I hope. Yeah. Like, the whole gym vibe. His dad was an epic gym leader. Yeah. Such a basic him, story, him but a, a story that I love. Right, him wanting to be a trainer yeah. and then not like, yeah, you sure, me. not the most original thing in the world, but yeah. that is the, the striving to be to chase after your dreams feels yeah. fundamental. Yep. Like that's, yep. yeah, absolutely. And Ryan Reynolds sounds amazing. What's up? Ryan Reynolds sounds amazing. He does. So I, I've said this before, but like, I loved Deadpool 2 so much. Did you yeah. see it? Oh, yeah. I Are you going to see the PG-13 cut? The holiday one? I don't know. Dude, I want to see it because there's like a 0.05% chance of a Shadow Hugh Jackman drop. Right. But I doubt Like the it. Fred Savage stuff seems kind of yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious. I don't know if I'll go in the theater, but like maybe yeah. somewhere down the line. Um, yeah. Watch it. Let me say this about Detective Pikachu. Now, yeah, absolutely. When I say this, don't freak out, everyone. Okay. Okay. Don't try to murder me. Okay. But it gives me Transformer vibes. Total, dude. Hollywood yeah. blockbuster. Yeah, it has that that's, formula. That's what it gives me. Like not not necessarily a bad thing or anything yep. like that. But I'm just saying, it just gives me that vibe. Hundred percent. And like, I'm fine with that. I, I don't have. I'm not a huge stake in Pokemon movies, so it's fine with me. Like, it looks all right. I'll probably see it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this movie will be garbage. I just think from that trailer, it left me optimistic enough. That's good. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like, oh man, this is guaranteed to be bad. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Let so me say, awful it looked bad. much better than I when I heard it on paper. Right. It exactly. looked much better than that. The real. Exactly. That's, the, that's how I feel. The real test will be a Pokemon battle and catching a Pokemon. Yeah. Like, let me see that. Mm-hmm. If they nail that, I think the the humor has to be really good for yeah. this movie. And Ryan like, Reynolds has to be trust. really good. Yeah. yeah. Can we all? Agree? I don't want him just to be Deadpool though. Like I mean, Pikachu. I was, <laughs> I was pretty sure that the really Warcraft movie was going to be yeah. great, and although I enjoyed it immensely, not yeah. not a great movie. Nope. But Loved it though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can we all agree that Mortal Kombat is the best video game movie? Mortal Kombat One time. is so much fun to watch. It's so good. Like. It's not good, but oh, it's, it's fun. It's good. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fun. It's like in the realm of video game movies. Yeah, it's good. But I mean, usually that bar is pretty low. For for what I guess for me, what I wanted it to be was nothing more than yeah. fun. Yeah. And so it it really hit those. Yeah. Boy, that scorpion. Was Armageddon is 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 a trash Woof. fire though. Skip. It's so like bad. one sick because it's super loyal to the Mortal Kombat storyline, dude. Yeah, just the tournament, like super small scale, mm-hmm. just enough of Outworld, the basic characters, yeah, like Goro in it. Like it looks goofy Goro, now, dude. but Goro, so cool back then. Like classic lines, dude. Those are five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole. Not really Damn. relevant to the original point of this conversation, <laughs> but uh, Huber, I'm I'm ready for Mortal Kombat 11, man. I'm ready for I'm a new so Mortal ready. Kombat. Let's game. go. I was Show playing Soul Calibur 6 over the break, and I was yeah. just thinking about 
man. Were you enjoying your Soul Calibur 6 time? Yeah. Like most fighting games, though, I hit a brick wall, mm. and then I hard quit. Mm. I was doing the the story mode, and I was Ooh. just wrecking shop okay. all the way through. And then I got to this... Uh, this Are we talking about Libra of Souls? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then I got to this boss, and like... Couldn't is even it touch him. is it as well with his regenerating health? As well, regenerating health, spinning around, lightning <laughs> spins like like what, what, what? Looked it up, dude. Ga- the game facts uh, message boards were yeah. very entertaining. Of like, <laughs> screw this guy, I can't beat this guy. Mm. This is some BS. People referencing like all these obscure fighting games. Like, yeah, this reminds me of Balico in Soul. Weird like references uh, to other fighting games. What, what style of character were you using? Geralt. Did you try a different style? I did. I tried okay. uh I tried cheesing him with like a giant axe. Didn't gotcha. work. Yeah. It was just tough. I so nightmares like forward horizontal <laughs> attack say, ended up being OP. really good. Nightmare's nice. really nightmare is extremely strong. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Got the range and the damage. Yeah, he's good. Uh, which is why he's so much fun to use. Yeah. Never is always fun. Yeah. The last uh, video game uh, movie I want to give a shout out to <laughs> is Silent Hill. Yeah. The first I one? Loved it. The first the, one? The skin rip. Right. Man, he was so kill. conflicted on his super loyal I should, I should rewatch yeah. it to kind of solidify my feelings. But I was super high on that movie. And then I, over time, I feel like my opinion of it has tanked. Sure. Probably. Probably, um, yeah. Don't know so I should up. I should give it another watch. Second see. one was real boring. I, I remember. I couldn't even bring myself real to watch boring. The, wasn't there a third one? I don't know. I, don't I only know. saw the first I only one. saw the first one. Yeah, as well. But uh, yeah, good job, Castlevania. Uh, Keep it up. Speaking of shows, movies, and what have you, I'm actually bringing a show that I want to what? talk about today. Shocking. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much I'll time. Sit on this it. one out, dude. But it's <laughs> it's so good that I had to bring it. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a hot thing right now. No, not Boruto. Maybe someday I'll bring Boruto. My dreams. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Nice. It, have you watched it? No, no. Okay. A lot of it got spoiled for me. A lot of it got spoiled for you. Well, I'm not here to spoil it for yeah. you. That is not what I want to do. Because that is, it, feel free. It's already been spoiled. That is the fun of it. No, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know. It was one of those shows that like, I didn't know much about. I didn't know the source material or, or any adaptations of it or anything like that. I just It was a show that people were saying was good. And I like spooky things, yeah. and so I gave it a shot, and it has grabbed me. I've not finished it yet. I think I'm like midway or 75% of the way through episode five. I fell asleep watching it, uh, which happens to me often. But, um, yeah, it is It is this family uh, who goes to this house. It is obviously a haunted house. Um, but what makes the show so effective, it is in my opinion, genuinely scary. Um, yeah. And the way that it, it builds up its horror and when it does choose to pop things out at you, I do find effective. Uh, I do think that things look super gross and cool. Um, but that is way on the side to how well they invest you in the family itself. And you really come to care deeply about these characters and the Want way that they... Live. What's that? Want to live. Brad I, I gotta, I'm going to bring something up about that yeah. after Ben's done. Okay. okay. Um, and what's great, what's great about it is the the storytelling kind of is constantly shifting uh, to have a sense of mystery there. And you kind of start in the middle with this family where they know each other super well and you don't really know them. And so there, there, are, there are traits that they have. There are qualities that they have 
that seem kind of odd in the sense that you don't fully understand. But then the story shifts and it will spend an entire episode focusing on one individual character mm-hmm. and, and really what makes them work. Um, and all of the characters are so different um, that they really make for this interesting collective where they've had this super traumatic thing happen to them and they've all kind of spiraled off of it and dealt with it in different ways. Um, and equal with them, e- all of those different ways, the ways that everybody's responding, the way that they talk to each other, the way they talk about this house, it all feels really believable. It, it The dialogue is done in such a way that you think this was a real traumatic event that happened to them, even when it gets a little bit more supernatural. Uh, it's all incredibly grounded. Um, hmm. And I just, I was not expecting to be as into it as I am. What a good so, surprise. Yeah. I have heard nothing but 10 out of 10s from en- every yeah. single person that has yeah. brought that up. Uh, ben, the Wanted to Live reference is from Cities 3, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Like one, of, like the main character in the movie, me and Mike just kept talking about how much we liked her. Like, Wanted to Live, yeah. Wanted to Live. Did you know there's Insidious 5 coming out? It's coming out, yeah. I didn't even know there was 4. The last key, it was bad. It was oh, bad. it was bad? It was not good, yeah. It wasn't oh. terrible, but it was like, all right, the franchise is, it's I mean, run I its mean, course. after one, it, like, after one, it, but I like two like, and three. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're not as good as one though. Yeah, my I, uh, horror criteria, Ben. Mm. Uh, it's really only two things. Yeah, that I judge. Uh, that I can give a ten out of ten for any any horror uh, film or or show or whatever it may be. Is one, do I want the characters to live? You're right. Do you care about them? If I want them to live, huge. Step one. Step two good kills if there are good kills and you want the heroes to live in a horror movie i, I will say we're done here it is a it is not really a show that is focused on kills <laughs> or good gore in it's general it's not really focused on gore or good scares it depends yeah. like you're, it's, it's, it's it's ghosts and supernatural yeah it's it's more of a a, a supernatural Atmosphere. kind of like lingering presence yeah. sort of it's like of the conjuring thing. kind of thing yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's not really about people getting violently messed up yeah, yeah. i would argue um so far, anyway, who knows? I got five more episodes to go. Um, what was the other? Oh, um, I feel like I watch a lot of things. I'm kind of a, a sucker for like, okay, we're gonna introduce this big, complex, mysterious thing, and then there's gonna be a huge twist. I, I love that kind of storytelling, um, but it can end up feeling really hollow. And I feel like uh, there there are a good number of suspenseful shows where that is your drive is you just want to see what the thing is that they have to reveal yeah. and what the mystery is, what Lost. the history is. Westworld. Yeah. Westworld. Oh my God. Yeah. Westworld. I, I really think what I'm talking about here is Westworld where I'm sorry to any Westworld fans, but I feel like Westworld season two crawled so far up its own ass <laughs> and thought it was so much cooler well, than they, it actually yeah, then was. They shit on the people that were criticizing it too. It, they were like, you know, it's a really slow paced intellectual show so uh it no yeah, like that's what that's what the it just the kept winding said. itself up that it it felt more fake and bullshitty and and oh i i was so angry at westworld season two uh whereas i have the opposite thing here where like yes there's a, a there are several mysteries that you're trying to get to or or at least information that you want to uncover but that is taking a back seat to constant, meaningful character development. You know who does that beautifully? You know what you just described, uh, described Ben Moore? Are you going to say Barzo? I'm going to say Yakuza. 
Oh yeah, zero. Yeah, Yakuza zero. Yeah, absolutely. The empty lot. To Yakuza the empty zero. lot, yeah. kind of in the back. This mystery. It's like, what is that? Why is this so right. important? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Who's connected to this? Like, that mystery the drives you. Lot. Yeah, think about dude. how dude, well <laughs> in Yakuza Zero. Think about how well Majima's story is not only brought up in the context of everything else going on, but how it develops. Yeah. Well, not well, like taking it center stage, but also not abandoning all the other stuff that they're trying to build up with the empty lot with. Uh, curious man one of the stuff. best character introductions of all time one of the yeah, best games of all time dude it's really <laughs> good zero. you really like it yeah, just just very good where's judge eyes it's coming <laughs> where is it it's coming we're gonna judge it you're, just gonna, it. you're just gonna wake up it'll be on your ps4 <laughs> <laughs> like the theme is just like <laughs> judge eyes <laughs> yeah. it's the only thing you can click on all right yeah i just wanted to talk a little bit about that cool. um god ben now i gotta so watch Hill House, man. Like you getting into a horror thing yeah. is like I'm in. I gotta I watch will, it. I will say it I've did been playing have it that because uh, it got spoiled so hard for me, dude. Man, it's a bummer. It hasn't been spoiled for me, yeah. and so because it's, it's, it's been spoiled for you. It's one of those spoiler things where Everyone every knows. single human is like, "How about this part during this episode?" Like, mm. thanks, you know. Hmm. That mm. sucks. Because I don't know what in, to say other than yeah. That then sucks. instead of like passively passively being a, a a passenger on this ride it's like you're just waiting to get to that moment you know those yeah. are my, my most hated types of spoilers i will say after the the first episode i was nowhere near the level i'm at now mm-hmm. it definitely took a while and it was a build-up for my affection and interest in it nice. um so give give it a couple of episodes at least cool but yeah really good i'm sorry you got spoiled for you huber because i do think you know, were that not the case, you would be really into it. I think yeah. you'd like it a lot. And Brad, I think you'd like it too. Mm. I'll get there. Mm. Yeah, dude. Haunted House. Mm. Yeah, I like Haunted Houses. Huber, you've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven. Woo, baby. Sounds dude. Ideal. Yes. Heavenly. Played it on Thanksgiving, dude. <laughs> so jolly. Who? This game. Yeah. Finally hitting a, a stride with it because you know I, I kept kind of starting and stopping. Has that starting and stopping hurt the experience at all for you? Not at all, mm. dude. It's kind of just this warm blanket that I have on, on off to the side that I can pull over me anytime I want. Um, but now I'm really, really getting into the intricacies and complexities of the <laughs> combat system. It, dude. Okay, so the last thing I played was the jazz. Spoilers. 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 I'm about twenty hours in draconian quests so that's really only like 10 or 15 probably on normal because i'm grinding so hard Mm -hmm. but uh got to the the jasper fight the first jasper fight where eric yeah where eric kind of gets captured like early on yeah so you kind of have to sneak around and then go fight him yeah hell of a hell of a fight here that uh that i just really loved because i fought him twice okay fought the dude the first time took me out Mm -hmm. okay used this move uh zam really powerful magic ability one shotted uh serena she's my healer went down lost cause okay i was like oh man man got unlucky there with the rng yeah she took a hit i'll go again Second time, got like way closer. Same thing, dude. Took me out with Zam. But then I started using more of the moves, dude. I started using Magic Barrier yeah. with uh, Veronica, setting that up, setting up the parry stance, like using all of my buffs, accelerate, 
decelerating and sapping him, uh, knowing when to attack, just using all of these moves. Like, Man. every turn is so freaking amazing. Went down again second time. I was like, shit. Because Silvando and Veronica didn't have heals. So I then I the, so I died twice. I'm like, all right, I got to give them uh, more herbs, like, to, to just in case, you know, mm-hmm. in case things get hairy. So I went out crafted uh like a new weapon or two a little little more armor grinded one level got everyone leveled up one time got some items i was like all right i feel good now went back in took him out took care of him it's like my favorite kind of jrpg scenario where you're throwing yourself at a boss you're understanding the mechanics and the move sets it's like okay well this dude hits like a truck so i need to buff up physical but the magic movie does Zam, like, can one-shot my people, so Magic Barrier needs to be up at all times. Still was pretty tough, so then I went and grinded, like, one level. It was perfect. Right. So I just love that mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah, absolutely, Huber. <laughs> um, where I, I do feel like you can... There are RPGs that you play where they're they're easy enough or they're just not... They don't have enough going on where... You f- take things for granted. You yeah. do things like buying equipment because it's a habit rather yeah. than a tactical necessity. Yeah. And that's something I think Divinity Original Sin 2 does so well. Also, where, where I felt like it, like how I fight, what I fight with, who I fight with, mm-hmm. the spells I bring into it um, matter. And that's what will win rather than just, you know, brute force. Yeah. And so that's awesome. And just the tactics, like the the... I have so many spells now with Serena and Veronica. It's crazy. Oh, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps going. Dude, sometimes, going. sometimes I'll be on, like, one character's turn yeah. for, like, 90 seconds. I'll be like, okay, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. let me kind of cycle through here. I definitely have moments where <laughs> I'd be scrolling through the spells and be like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. That happened, yeah. Yeah. So I'm loving it. I'm really, it's really getting in its stride now dude Good. like it's now that the the party dynamic has has kind of settled in silvando has joined uh mm-hmm. the fray who is just an out of control the jolly best. character best character yeah he's, he's insane got my ship yeah and, and uh traveled to northeast somewhere it's begins with a k it's like the kill kill nuncha region or something Got to a little. Oh, it's like it has like the rest. field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The a little. Rest, yeah. A little warriors rest there. Mm-hmm. Got a side quest where it's like uh, free the spirits from uh, like my fallen comrades. Is so it you have, the dream? You have to go to like the ruins at night and use a move oh, to like free them okay. from their tortured state. Is gotcha. it a pet power that you have to use? Yeah, you have to okay. use a pet power. Care yeah. prayer. Care yeah. prayer. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of the yeah. uh, use the pet power on yeah. this thing yeah. type of side quest. It's pretty sure. crazy though because there's only like 26 side quests in the quest log. Oh, there's don't like worry. 60 something. <laughs> oh, the add. Okay, I was don't, like, wow, you will get Got more. It. Got yeah. it. There's a lot. Yeah. I was like 26. I was like, okay, maybe yeah. it just gives Kiver, me. You have so far to go still. Yeah. Don't worry, dude. Because <laughs> a... my 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 impression was that it would just give me a few each time I would get to a no, new region. No, it, it does. When you're going through, it does kind of. Um, Dole them out, I feel like, in pretty small amounts, but yeah. then once you hit a certain point, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot yeah. more that come. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so I'm anticipating the final two party members, obviously. The How aggressively spear. are you hunting mini-metals? 
aggressively. Isn't it, and isn't it the best? Mini metals and crafting materials because they're yeah. so everything is so damn important, dude. The any every little seed, every little crafting mm-hmm. thing, right. every plus one, plus two, plus three on your gear. Yeah. Like every coin you get. That was a big part of my review, Huber, yeah. where I I think that is such a hard thing to get right in a game like this where you have a world where it's exciting and useful to pick stuff up mm-hmm. and it, you, you feel like you can immediately apply a purpose to it, but there's not so much stuff that you can't appreciate what's around you and you're constantly scanning the ground of the mini-map. Yeah. Like, it's a good balance between that. Totally. Uh, they, they, they found the line to walk, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really hitting my stride in that. Awesome. So it'll be Good. Uh, slow and steady for the next couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really like the approach that you're taking it. You're yeah. playing it in exactly the way you want to. You're taking mm-hmm. it as much time as you need to, yeah. and you're loving it. That's great. Loving it. I'm yeah. excited to talk to you after you've finished. I think we should in have a, a long conversation. Yeah, in a year. Yeah. In a year. Yeah, because Hey, man, story. I'm still trying to get through Red Dead. We all <laughs> yeah. got our things. Because like, so. I'm 20 hours in, and the story up until this point has really been like, you're a dark spawn, they're hunting you. Run. 20 hours. This is exactly why I want to talk to you. So it's like, okay, but yeah. then the whole like Jasper thing and, yeah. you know, the learning, like getting the party members. Once all the party members are set and that plot starts moving forward, I'm sure I'll really, really. It was one of the things that I criticized as well, where I, I do feel like it withholds a lot of the most interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. For a while. Forever. <laughs> for a very long time. Um, but at the same time, when I when I say that criticism... Once you get there, mm-hmm. that super delay kind of enhances the moment. Um, and so I'm curious yep. what cool. you think about it. I, 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 I'm mixed on that a little bit. Flame slash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flame slash. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just wait, dude. <laughs> Flame just wait. slash. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Love it, but the, I uh, can't help but desperately miss. I guess there's not a way to represent without spoiling it. Good tip. I just desperately miss monster hunting in it. Oh, Dragon Quest sure. Eight, the monster yeah. teams, dude. I miss that so bad. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's not game breaking. It's not like ruining any of my experience. But it's like I still, anytime I see a saber cat in the wild, I, you know, mm-hmm. long to recruit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Let me just recruit yeah. some monsters. Recruit. Yeah. How much time did you spend with that in Dragon Quest Eight? Was that like the your, monster hunting? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! The tournament. You got to do the, the monster tournament. Cool. All in on that. Uh, Brad. Yeah. You've been playing The Messenger. Yeah, that's right. A game that... Nice. (laughs) Everyone's talking about this. Yeah, a game that I I feel like was was hot in the moment, at least for me, and then I put on the back burner, and then Mm -hmm. it it got lost in Backlog Abyss for me. Sure. (laughs) Um, And so it's cool to hear that you're bringing it to Frame Trap now. Yeah. uh, I'm going to start saying I will be talking about slight spoilers. Sure. So if you're worried about it, get out now. Appreciate the warning. Get out. So the game like totally starts off as like, hey, we like Ninja Gaiden. We're going to make a Ninja Gaiden game that kind of fits in the modern era, which is great because Ninja Gaiden's awesome. C- controls really well. The levels are really fun. Yeah. What would you say about the music? Jolly Tunes or something? Jolly Tunes. Yeah. Just like Yeah. Really cool boss fights that are all really different. I was really surprised by a lot of them. The game kind of does the whole castle upside down moment mm-hmm. where it's just like hey this game's a metroidvania now i was like oh 
So yeah. you like the whole first half of the game, you're going through these levels very linear. Then you get to a point in the game where it's like now you're gonna go through all these levels, and it's a Metroid day now. Sixteen bit. Totally explore a lot of these levels. Uh, the platforming is really good in it. It reminds me of Guacamelee a lot. Not as good as Guacamelee. But it's good. There's like brief moments where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. it's like a cool little challenge game. Dude, through. when it's like you like three birds, you know, yeah, or something, and you're just like hit jump, hit jump, hit jump. Yeah, like I mean, like Celeste has stuff like that. Celeste is like way yeah. more complex though and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's just really simple, great combat. the The writing's like whatever. Sometimes it, I could see Kyle just hating this, like sure. the writing, like oh acknowledging my God, the shopkeeper. Yeah, I just, thought of the same thing. I yeah, was like, well, like, Bossman's oh, Kyle out. Hates this kind of thing, but <laughs> I'm pleased with it. I'm going. Through, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm enjoying my time with it. Feeling a nice little uh, little little indie itch, I guess. Like kind of as a shovel knight, not as impactful to me as shovel knight. I feel like shovel knight was like insane when it came out to me. Yeah. But it's really solid. I'm having a good time. Looking forward to finishing it. It's a good game, man. I think you should check it out if you like uh, those old school platformer like Ninja Gaiden and Metroidvania kind of games. It's the best damn year um, ever for I, those games. I dude. got through the the eight bit yeah. section and I loved it, and then I got just to the 16 bit section and I yeah. stopped and I haven't picked it up since yeah, then. Yeah, it hasn't turned into Metroidvania um, yet for you. But I've heard some people say that once it goes Metroidvania, it, it, they didn't like it as much. Sure, I could totally understand that. Uh, the game is like, su- it feels super cryptic about what you're supposed to do. Mm. Like, I got to the point I was like, what? Is like, that frustrating right. for you? Uh, kind of. It just like I had time to play it, so I was like, "Oh, that's fine." Like that. If I really had to do, I just like look up what to do. But you, I just like went in a, la- a level and explored it because it was new, so it was fine when I was doing it. But I could see how like because it definitely like it pulls like it just like changes the whole game how you play it. Like I'm thinking of Brutal Legend in my mind, but like actually fun though. Sure. <laughs> Just like something like that, we're like, oh, it turns into something completely different. Like the same mechanic is there, like platforming, moving through yeah. level. It's just not like a stage going through it. Do you wish it was more uh, an eight-bit linear action platform, or do you wish it didn't have that switch? Um, or I think it's fine because the game gave me quite a bit of levels that were just the eight, the eight-bit side scroll. Like I usually prefer games that are stage-based. Like I prefer the Castlevanias that are mostly. But I'm cool with it right now. It hasn't burned me out yet, but if it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm sick of this, then yeah, it could be a problem. Did you play Dead Souls yet? No. Oh, dude. No. Brad Ellis joint. I do feel don't like sleep there's a Brad, on that, Brad. Joint. Holy yeah. shit. I don't you know. haven't played that From yet? From what I've seen, it doesn't look appealing to me. I haven't played it, but what I've seen of it, I haven't been into. The Huber eyes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, if you play, I'm interested. Yeah. You know. Um. Nothing against it. Just saying what I've seen, I've not been super into. A a game that you keep bringing up to me, which I'm very thankful that you do, is Guacamelee 2. Yeah, dude. So fun. Uh, What do you think about about Guacamelee 2 in comparison to The Messenger? Is there a valid comparison there? Um, I mean, they both turn to Metroidvanias. I just think Guacamelee is better structured Mm -hmm. and traversing the environment, I think, is more interesting in this game. I I think Guacamelee is a really great game. Like I gave it a really high score. It's really good, but uh, I mean, this is like different still. But for what Guacamelee does and brings to the table, I think it's really more interesting. Okay. Um, dude. Limited. Let's say. Let's say you're talking to somebody with limited time. Yeah. Like ah, I want to play Celeste. I want to play Guacamelee too. I want to play the Messenger. Do you think? Do you think Ooh. the Messenger is 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 good enough for someone to make time for? Sure. I think sense? it's good enough to make time for. I don't know if I'd recommend it over the other games yet because I haven't Celeste finished it Celeste is very good uh, Guacamelee 2 is very good so yeah. I mean they're I would say all three of them are different enough I'd have to really pick their brain and see what aspect they like of each kind of game because sure. they're all different like similar but they're quite different still cool um, 
I've got a couple of games that I just want to talk about really quickly uh, that I finished up and left a pretty big mark on me. The first of those is The Missing. Right. I need um, to play this. Yeah. I. <laughs> so let me open this up by saying that there have been some amazing stories this year. I haven't finished Red Dead, so that, that could be a contender as well. God of War uh, had some really interesting story stuff going on. The Missing is my favorite video game story of 2018. Whoa. Uh, by a lot. Uh, what it talks about, and I don't, I don't really want to. Don't tell me. Yeah, I don't really want to ruin it, but it it deals with very heavy things. It deals with mental illness. It deals with depression. It deals with identity, um, and it does those things in a way that it feels like it really has something to say. It's not just dwelling on those issues, but it's it's coming through with a point, um, and it, it it teases things along. We were talking about mystery with the uh, the haunting of Hill House, where at at first the missing just kind of seems like this great hilarious Twin Peaks homage um, that is just weird for the sake of being weird. But the more you dig into it, everything has a place, everything has a purpose. There's a reason it's doing all of this weird stuff, um, and it's immensely satisfying to dig into. Unlike Deadly Premonition, which I really enjoy, I love Deadly Premonition. I think it has all these qualities. I actually had a great time playing The Missing, and I think it's fun on a mechanical level, too. Um, kind of mutilating your body to solve puzzles or uh, getting hit by a wrecking ball and having the world spin upside down. Uh, the puzzles are, are interesting. They're complex enough that you have to take some time to think about them, but they're never so bad that you get mad or hate the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, at least in my experience, it was it was pretty smooth. Even though I kind of played it in fits and starts, it was it was pretty smooth and fun overall. I would say, um, and just yeah, a strong plea to people to check this out. It's it's about six hours. It's not a huge commitment, um, and I think you'll end up just taking away something from it. Uh, and talk, when I talked about Celeste, it was kind of the same thing. Like yes, yeah, Celeste is a blast to play. Those mm-hmm. those. Those levels are so well designed and so challenging, and the game feels good enough uh, to make you excited about tackling those challenges. But at the end of the day, I feel like Celeste has something to say. Uh, it's the same thing here. I, I really think you'll you'll get so much out of it. I encourage people to check it out. Nice, Brad. This next one you can also vouch for. I finished Astrobot. Yeah, dude, Astro. so good. It is. You know how I was like. <laughs> Sometimes I just take a step back from Fallout 76 and I'm like, I can't believe how bad this is. It's like that, but the opposite. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I take a step mm-hmm. back from Astrobot and I can't believe how good it is. And you really just don't know until you've played it. Yep. Um, we talked about how well it uses VR, but holy, holy goddamn. This is like, honestly, Mario Odyssey levels it's of the designing best, It's the best levels. PSVR game. It is, it is crazy. Like yeah. the platforming is so on point. And you really... Don't your your default character doesn't have that much he can do. He has like a laser a, hover jump. Jumping like he's a got glide. a punch. Yeah. He's got uh, a spin punch. But they they apply much like Mario. They apply this this move set in so many different creative ways. And they have enemies that make it so much fun. The boss fights are incredible. These mm-hmm. multi phase things where you're in the middle of an ocean, jumping over obstacles, <sighs> dodging rockets. It is like constantly exciting and fun and awesome. Um, and it is a game that starts good. Like all, I feel like all of these things that I'm saying about it, you get pretty immediately, but it only keeps getting yeah, better. Yeah, the last world's the best. The last world is absolutely <laughs> the best. Um, and everything that it goes for that relies on motion controls works 
just about flawlessly. Um, so you'll get these tools that you need, like you'll get a hose mm-hmm. uh, that you need to push the touch down, pu- touchpad down for and move the controller. Responds like a dream. Never had any problem aiming or shooting. Um, and there are times where I feel like the game understands that something might be a little awkward. So you'll need to, you have this hook and you'll need to create a line, like a a rope for your person. And sometimes depending on where you're sitting on your couch, it might be hard, you know, getting that rope low enough where you can jump on it. Not a big deal. Astrobot will recognize that there's a rope there and he'll just shoot up to it. He'll be like, I get what you're trying to Mm -hmm. do. And like, that's what this game has. It, it understands that you want this to be a well-controlling, fun and breezy adventure, and it goes the extra level to ensure that all of its ideas feel great. I mean, there are times uh, where it asks you to be really physical, like you'll have a soccer ball kicked at you, and you'll have to like headbutt, headbutt it. it back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if I was doing something like that all the time, if I was constantly shaking my head or having to get up and down, that would feel bad, and I wouldn't want to play this game. Um, but it really heavily it paces, paces things those out, things yeah. out uh, in a way that is absolutely uh, The bot controls really well, too, especially yeah. for, like, certain angles where, like, let's say he's, like, up here for you. You're, like, super high up. You have to physically look up, and he's walking on a platform. He still controls super well where I feel like I'm in total control of him at all times. Yeah. Um, I don't have, like, an, <laughs> this game is so good. It's so good, and I realize that this sounds ridiculous because it's re- ex- extremely expensive, but, like, it is worth a PSVR just to experience it. That's yeah, how good I it is. Yeah, I think it's the best game. Um, it's one of the I best played. games of the year, in yeah. my opinion. It's so good. Um, yeah. We, we were talking about Tetris Effect earlier before the show with Brad, and I really have enjoyed my time with Tetris Effect, but Brad was like, I don't really like Tetris. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, yeah, them, them, you're not probably going to like this. Is yeah. that going to convert you? Astrobot is a game for everybody. Totally. I, I can't Mario imagine Labs. anybody yeah, it is. not having a good time with this. Uh, give me the Astrobot Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I'm ready for the deep dive. Yeah. Feel bad for Damiani. Yeah, I can't play can't it. Can't play it. VR. Yeah. It's real good. Um, VR update in terms of, of like getting your sea legs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be I would get sick all the time with VR. I, I've gotten better about it the more that I've used it. Uh, I've also noticed that doing VR on an empty stomach will lead to that. So hmm. best way, eat a full meal, plan out your day, eat a full meal, then go into VR, <laughs> Yeah, you know, have some water handy, <laughs> yeah. hydrate yourself. Yeah, Astrobot's like a super VR. like constantly moving VR game too like that. Like yeah. Derecine, you could just, I, like, I beat that whole game in like one sitting wow. and I was like completely fine. I mean, it's pretty short, but still. Yeah, I have, I have Derecine downloaded. I haven't given it a chance yet. Dude, yeah. Pretty short. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Just go right through that. You'll cruise through that game, baby. I need to go back and just like stand in the mansion in Resident Evil 7. Too freaky. We need to get you a PSVR. That's what we need to do. I don't know. There's only like, like obviously I want to play Astro Body, but I played it at events only and it was 10 out of 10. But yeah. um, just to having you guys, the benefit of you guys, it's like, vr at this point because it's so late now Mm -hmm. because i don't have one it's like i just wait a year or two borrow one of yours and then just knock off like guess what you can't borrow anyone's anymore borrow jones's i will will not allow i mean (laughs) i'd be happy to let you borrow vr just to experience astrobot yeah it doesn't i mean it doesn't take that long yeah um and i'd like you to check out tetris i don't know if you're a tetris guy i don't mind it okay 
But you're not super like, yeah. I'm not like craving to play. Like, obviously, I really want to play Astrobot. I want to give Moss a shot, and I want to do. I need to uh, give Moss a shot too. Moss is very short. Is Blood and Whatever out yet? The London Heist sequel? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. Is that one out yet? Don't know. That was fun at an event, dude. Brad, yes. uh, reload the gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am on an Astrobot high because I just finished it yesterday. Yes. Um, you've had it finished for a while. Yes. Has your opinion of it changed at all, or are you really just as high as you initially were? Just as high. 9.0. 9.0, baby. Damn right. Uh, the only thing is I ran into a little more tech issues than you, it seems like, which is good that you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't run That's into great. any yeah, controlling problems. Yeah, I ran into some or... issues where, like, my controller just flipped around, was upside down and backwards uh-huh. for a while. It just, like, annoyed the hell out of me. The Ninja Star things would, yeah. like, not shoot sometimes. Really? Yeah, I was just like, what the I, the Ninja Star, I, I definitely had times where um, I, I would, like, passion. take my VR headset off to, you know, go to the bathroom or something and then come back and be like, oh, it's mixed around again. But just holding down options yeah. would fix it. Yeah, and I um, felt... Uh, like the the bonus room or whatever, like the diorama you do mm. is like whatever. Sure, it's fine. Sure, but super great game. I hope they make another one because I'm glad you brought that stuff up. Because I played the playroom, which was like the concept for that game. I did not play the playroom. They do. They have like a. It's totally like like it was great. They have like a slide in it. You go down, Ben, and that nice. was the, like the only time I felt like my stomach get like Ugh. slightly weird. Yeah, but it's not an Astrobot. They're like, oh, it probably doesn't yeah. work, so they took it out, yeah. which is smart. Got it. Astrobot 2 win. Yeah, Got win. It. Seriously. <clears throat> it's great. Let's get a new uh, PlayStation VR. I'm sure we will. It's time for an upgrade. Wait for a PS5, dude. It's It's been an incredible year for games. Yeah. And Smash ain't even out. I know, dude. Let's go. Do you know what's out right now? Red Dead Redemption 2. Hotake! Today, we're going to be talking about something that was already talked about on the Easy Allies podcast, Um, but I don't just want to talk about the thing itself. I kind of want to uh, reflect on a a few things, Um, and that is Sony's not going to be at E3. Right. They're just not going to be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That doesn't happen. No. That is is a, a constant that you can kind of assume they're gonna they're gonna be there. They're gonna have stuff to show. It might be good. It might be bad. But they're gonna be there. That's the thing that you can take away. And they're not going to be there this year. And I know for me, and I know for us as Easy Allies, uh, that's a show that we look forward to. Uh, I for live the spectacle, for spectacle, <laughs> the game reveals, for the comedy, or just on a bunch of different levels. Right. Um, on a gut level, how does it feel with them not being around? It hurts. Year? It's At like Kratos just hit me with an axe in the belly and I'm right. bleeding out. And I'm not dead yet, but I'm bleeding out. First reaction was definitely yikes. This okay. sucks. Yeah. Over time I've kind of been like I'm I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm kind of hoping they're going to do something though. Like yeah. something? PS5 like, maybe. Not necessarily like at E3 or anything like that. They'll do something like talking about video games because if it's it's like well even if you're not there, you could still have like games like Ghost of Tsushima or uh, Last of Us Two to like have people play. Well, they're but, not even gonna have a booth. Yeah, no, at they're all. not gonna be there at yeah, all. Yeah, but uh, we talked about this when I was on the podcast, and they were kind of saying how like it sounds like Sony just doesn't want to like the mix between of what E3 is being a public and uh, like a trade or a public and like a press show kind of doesn't doesn't work for them kind of thing. So I'm hoping they'll do something to show off what they're doing. Yeah. Like, if they're just quiet for a long time, I think it's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I hope they do something. Yeah. Even if it's like, hey, man, we're doing 
an event. It's not gonna happen, but like at Staples Center, we're doing something crazy there yeah. during E3 or something. Um, what I think could be possible is with the Nintendo Directs, I really feel like there was a divide. There was a there was an era shift for Nintendo, right? Where they they kind of had a new identity. It's like we're not always gonna present things the way that we did before. We're gonna do it in our own way with our own flavor and our own spin. And they really kind of carved out this space. Going into a new generation, I think that's a really smart thing to do. Um, and obviously, Sony has evolved tremendously over the generation, as all of the companies have. Um, but I wonder if just aesthetically, um, the way that they talk about things, the way they present them, the visuals that you see on screen, just the PlayStation brand as a whole, I wonder yeah. if it will undergo it, a shift. I mean, a, yeah, it sounds a lot cheaper yeah. if they do that too, which sounds like a great cheaper, thing. Like to do like E three is expensive, okay, but not necessarily cheaper in the sense no, that it'll be like less sense of quality. Gotcha. I'm just saying it, and it's like an easier thing to streamline their message. They don't have to worry about like technical hiccups, and especially like their last year's press conference, like the whole weird room switching thing, like gimmicks like that. Right. Like, they don't need that. I think it'd be stronger if they just didn't do anything like that. Right. Yeah. I agree. I really like a live show, you know, and. I really like Nintendo Directs. They're they're professional. You don't have to worry about technical hiccups usually. It's still live for the audience. The whole audience is experiencing it in this moment. But I go back to the E3 of Dreams mm -hmm. and the moment that I personally lost lost it was when Yu Suzuki himself walked on stage. Right. It was the man being there in that exact moment. It was seeing him walk out personally, uh, not like a pre- Like, there was, it was a pre-recorded video of him talking, and then he came out, and that's something a Nintendo Direct or a, or a pre-recorded thing just, just doesn't have. It doesn't have right. that impact. I um, think... I But I don't necessarily think that them moving to this direction means that that won't happen in the future. True. Yeah, totally. So I'm just hoping that it's just a one-year thing and they're going to come back. Android Frieza style, bigger, better, stronger, PS5. Do you think... Uh, it's all building up. The, the lack of Sony E3 will say anything about the quality of E3 2019 overall? Are you, are you less excited for E3 2019? I mean, it's hard to... I mean... On paper, yeah, it sounds less exciting because yeah, one of, of the course. big. I think if any of like the big three are gone, it's yeah. immediately less. If exciting. Microsoft was gone, if Nintendo was gone, yeah. if Ubisoft was gone, I'd I'd be yeah, that hurts. Right, because there's gonna be a big open spot on the floor. I mean, we're just getting to that awkward time yes. between generations. Yeah, yeah. that so feels dicey, awkward. Yeah. And where, over, exactly, yeah. and I know what you're gonna say. It's like over time, I'm 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 I've been more open to the fact that they're not gonna be there because they just don't. They don't have it, you know? I right. feel like so much they're of their... They're gearing up for the next thing. Exactly. They're gearing up, and it's like, we really don't need to see Days Gone, Death Stranding, or, or yeah, Ghost right. of Tsushima anymore. We've seen so much of those games. And it's, and it's weird, kind of, to me, because seeing Spider-Man at E3 this year was cool and it was exciting, but really all that mattered was getting my hands on it, because at mm -hmm. that point, it was like, I know this is coming, I know this is coming out soon, mm -hmm. so... The, the value in seeing... I know I'm already going to play it, and so the value right. in seeing it isn't that yeah. high for me personally. And I think the, the same is maybe kind of... I mean, there's a lot of questions we still need to answer about these games, but if it's like, 
the same slate of games yeah. that you've trotted out before. Well, it's when's, just not as exciting. When's Ghosts? Because Days Gone will be out I before E3. Think, well, I'm, not sure. I'm okay. not sure. I think it's Ghosts. Yeah, Days Gone 2019, supposedly. So, I mean, you know, you don't even count Days Gone in that. And it's like, what would the E3 show be then? Right. It would be Ghosts and Death Stranding and Last of Us. I which have... I am 100% so cool with not oh, being sure. at a show because they just, uh, I just read something where they were like, keeping details under lock and key it was basically an article about saying how secretive that game is sure. and how they don't want anyone to even know the plot fine which by is me. so awesome yeah, fine totally. by me like it's so i can't i forget that game exists sometimes yeah because it's like just showed up and yeah just quietly snuck away um i want to talk about the next generation though Ooh. and a fear that i have and i i i think it is foolish to underestimate the ways that that new technology can surprise you mm-hmm. because that, that is a losing game. That being said, I just don't feel the anticipation for the next generation that I feel like I normally have at this point. When I'm playing things like Red Dead Redemption 2, <laughs> I'm just like, are you really going to show me anything that that is visually so impressive that I feel like I need to run out there and buy a box. I feel I like have, people said that last generation. They a lot. did. They always say that. It I is have, not a, yeah. absolutely. I, I do think it can be very foolish, but I still feel that way. Right. I'm on the exact opposite end because I don't have an Xbox One X like you dudes. Mm. So I have no access to 4K Blu-rays, right. which to me is essential. Uh and PS4 Pro feels like kind of a band-aid. Uh, you know, this generation, it's sure. like PS4 one, PS4.5. So I'm I'm itching for PS5 because Xbox One X is a beast, and like I want to watch 4K Blu-rays. I don't want yeah. like now I have to go out and buy a 4K Blu-ray player. Like I'm not gonna do that, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I'm really big on watching my Avengers: Infinity War on a disc. Like you just Black Friday, you got all the Harry Potters on 4K. <laughs> Yeah, what yep. a treat, dude! Yeah. You get that lossless audio, you get that true 4K image. This is this is aggressive. Something's... Must be niceness coming out. Yeah, of yeah. it is. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah, and that's totally valid. Um, and I, I think obviously we can only speak from our perspectives, yeah. right? It's just for me that that is not a factor, mm. and so I I just don't know what the like collective you've never seen this before. Nobody has this yeah. thing will be not. Hey, this will be exciting if you don't have it. It's like you couldn't get this before. Yeah. And I, I, to me, and maybe that's overvaluing the concept of next generation, but it's like if you're going to make me spend hundreds of more dollars, I, I don't want to feel like it's – like you said, you said PlayStation 4.5. I don't want it to feel like the PlayStation yeah. 4.7. Yeah. I want, I want to feel yeah. like – Next gen. Like everybody does. I want to feel like video games are moving to whatever that new space is. I feel like you won't get that game. until like a year or two in, usually. Right. With the or yeah. uh, I've been ready, dude. Yeah. I've been ready yeah. for like years to for the next systems. Let's go, dude. Yeah. So what's what's driving yeah, that? Just excitement. being able to like have games on a scope that we weren't allowed to have before. Like you could never have Spider Man three or Spider Man on a PS3. Right. It wouldn't absolutely. look or feel as good as that game does. You yeah. couldn't do Witcher 3 necessarily as good as you can on everything else. Yeah. Like, just the fact that 
it gives the designer so much more room to design something that really excites me. Absolutely. I, Brad, I agree with you 100%. I think just right now, oh, and obviously sure. we'll get it. Because there's so many I, great games we're in the right. peak. I don't, I, don't, the peak. I, don't have a, I don't have a mental reference for what that scope will be. Sure, yeah. 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 Ray that's, that's what excites me, though, too, is like not knowing what's going to come and just right. all these new yeah. things that could come. Sure. That sure, gets sure, me sure. even more hyped. But, I mean, just with each generation, you just, just going to be better. It's going to be more powerful. It's going to look better. It's like I can't see it, but you can. You, you know, know it will. You know it'll just. I mean, unless some crazy thing goes wrong or some yeah. weird thing, but it's like a next new new hardware. I, I hear more you. Power. I, I think just as we develop and as things increasingly become possible, it's not as simple to imagine what that next thing will right. be. Yeah. Like like. I don't know. Maybe this is just me. You guys don't seem to have this issue, but when I'm playing Red Dead Redemption Two and some of the interactions that I can have and the way that that world feels, it's mm. like, man, this is extremely exciting right now in this moment. Oh I'm not, yeah, I'm not getting this sense of like need a new box. No, to have no, that, we don't have, have that, that rush. We don't no, have that no, either. No, it's yeah, like no. I'm living in the no. moment yeah. while it's there, but I'm always right. excited for the next yeah. thing to come. Like yeah. I was looking at comparisons of Red Dead Redemption to Two, mm-hmm. and it's like. A world apart. Oh, those yeah. games. Like even just like not even on the graphical, but just so the scope. like eight years apart. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's right. like crazy how different those games are. But yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I think I, I'm having kind of this lack of enthusiasm for the next generation is like I'm just not looking forward to potentially a year of being underwhelmed. Exactly. <laughs> until we get to the good stuff. Sure. And I'm not saying that that's gonna happen. Obviously it's just kind of analyzing, you know, past systems. Check it out, Ben. Switch was not that way. The consoles are like a pie bacon in the oven. Yeah. And it's still going. It's like preheating the oven. Mm-hmm. You can't smell the pie being cooked yet. Right. Once you get that sweet aroma of like the next generation seeing something that really excites you that you couldn't do on the consoles, you'll be oh, ready I'll, to I'll be eat there. that pie. I guarantee as soon as that that smell like starts peeking through the cracks. I'll like when there. I see like a picture or like a little a clip of cloud on PS5 yeah. and finally said remake, yeah, I'm yeah. like <laughs> Give me that pie. There'll be a strong embrace. Give me that pie. Like um, I, I, for me, it's just a 4K Blu-ray player. That's really it sure. for me, guys. Like it upsets me. You better me. hope the like PS5 a, has one. Yeah, like and that makes sense. Like a Blu-ray, like streaming is cool and fine, but like when you're talking about a true image and audio quality, yeah. nothing. It's not even comparable to a Blu-ray. Right. Like let alone a 4K Blu-ray. And see, I'm just not as invested in that. Yeah. I haven't watched a Blu-ray in 4K. I, I just it's, it's dying. Not, it's not a priority. It's for dying me. art, man. It yeah. saddens yeah. me. No, I, it's it's cool that. <laughs> Gotta bring it back like vinyl. Like, dude, John Wick <laughs> shotgun sounds on Blu-ray, yeah. dude. You can't even. When the, when you hear that, do you just like temporarily yeah. lose all function? Like just my like, whole ah, house, boom, yeah. rumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. Let's get back to E3 though. Okay. Do you think E3 is going to be around in ten years? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I do. What's giving you that? I don't know. It's, confidence. it's survived through everything we've done since it's been going. Wait, it had like that really weird period though where it kind of died, I feel like, but it just it came back and bigger than ever. I feel like E3 will always be around though. It already feels like it's shifted so much. Uh, just yeah. just the, and I'm not, I'm not against this, but just making it public was a big change. Right. So it's yeah. Going through. I a lot think of it'll survive in a public space. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes it even more there's, guaranteed for me to survive. There's so much money to be made <laughs> from voting on this show. Right. Like the, I wonder though. I wonder if the presenters like Ubisoft and them or uh, like Microsoft get some kind of cut 
or something, or if it yeah. just costs them money. I think it just costs them money. Like, do they get any kind of they, uh, well, ticket is, sales? Or I don't think they do. The thing about it is they get the most eyes on them. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, throughout it's the whole just year. It's their just big ad. Yeah. But I have to wonder... Like, you're, you're Ubisoft, and you think about the money that you're throwing into E3. Right. You can mm-hmm. think of any example. And it's like, we're Ubisoft. We've got a bunch of games to talk about. Let's just split off, create our own day and our own month, yep. which is getting increasingly harder to do, admittedly. But let's just create our own space where we can get even more attention. Yeah. And I just, yeah, just from my perspective, them. why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Obviously, I think there's a benefit to being part of the big collective day. Yeah. But maybe there's less of a benefit than you think. Do you have this perception that, like, when I watch E3, right, you see EA doing their own thing off to the side? That's what. That's exactly what it feels like EA is doing. Because they're doing their own thing off to the side, it feels less important to me. Whereas when Microsoft and Sony come out on stage... To be fair, I feel like EA doing anything is less exciting. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like even when fair EA enough. comes out during the Sony and Microsoft thing, it feels less exciting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I hope it's around, man. Like even if it's a reduced uh, scale or or yeah, like yeah. I just love the idea of the entire industry coming together for a week mm-hmm. in person yeah. and online, uh, just sharing these announcements. It is. It is. Un- an unbelievable week in video games, dude. It's it's everyone coming together. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I viewing E three is like my favorite thing to watch every year. There's yeah. nothing. There's no movie. Right. There's no show that yeah. beats watching E three for me. I do think from a coverage perspective, though, I get extremely frustrated. And I think you guys can relate to this. Sure. Where we come back to the garage and it's like, okay, now to do E three impressions. It's like, well, we've got sixty games to talk about. Obviously, there are ones we have to cover. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about Smash Brothers. We're going to talk about Halo or whatever the hell it is because that's what people are into. But then it's like, well, I've also got these 12 games that no one's ever heard of that I not only have to make a case for, <laughs> yeah. I have to find time to talk about in a compelling way. And so it it can feel swallowing, E3. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's frustrating. So sometimes I do wish maybe we could break things up in a way where it's like, all right, all the big stuff is here, all the small... Like, I, sometimes E3 just feels like so much. Yeah. Um, oh, it is. And I, I want to... Everybody's there to try to get you excited about the games, and there, there are things that just don't get the attention that I, I feel like they should have. Of course, just getting rid of E3 doesn't change that. It doesn't magically solve right. it. But I do think sometimes um, there can just be so much of E3 that I, I, I wish it was maybe a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'll go more in the direction of like Gamescom, that kind of vibe. Mm. That's what it feels like to me, to just way more public involvement and stuff yeah. like that. I've actually liked when Gamescom has felt really huge, like a, a second yeah, E3, sure. or, or even when they use like Paris Games Week to talk about stuff and Tokyo Game Show. I do feel like maybe spreading things out a little bit. It could seems be like they extremely. do that more now. Yeah, it's, it seems like things have gotten better. Yeah. For sure. Um, talk about E3, Huber. So you mentioned Yu Suzuki coming out on stage and how emotional yeah. that moment was. Obviously, that E3 was very emotional for a lot of reasons, a lot of big things that were talked about. Does it bother you when those things don't come to fruition for years? Not at all. I'll wait. 100% I'll wait. Yeah. I love yeah. the acknowledgement, you know? You're making the game. You're working on it. That's all I need um, to know. Do you think it's it's at all a problem when 
those sorts of things, obviously, because people want them so badly, and that makes sense, things like Shenmue 3 or Final Fantasy VII Remake, when those get announced, they dominate the conversation, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah. Do you think that is unfortunate to games that are coming out in the coming months or within the next year? Because it does I mean, that's create a natural, an umbrella. Of course, that's a natural byproduct of the industry. You yeah. know, some games are bigger than others. Um, but you're okay with that? I have no feelings on it, I guess, because there's always going to be a big fish and a little fish mm-hmm. uh, in sure. the giant ocean of video games. Sure. Um, and it's just our job to cover the ones that we're passionate about. Right. So, you know, like you just said, 12 games no one's ever heard of at E3 coming back talking about them. Like, right. E3 is a great place to discover so many games you've never heard of. Right. Uh, just in the back alleys and well, the indie sections and stuff. It feels harder than ever now, though. Because it's public. It's harder just to walk up and play something. Definitely. Uh, we obviously have been big fans of, of shadow dropping games. Right. Something that, that I would like to see that I, I could maybe hope would be a byproduct of, of companies splitting off or, or doing their own thing is I want to get more games into the hands of people sooner. Um, I want to be able to be like, hey, we've got this new game. You should be excited about it. Instead of a misleading trailer you get a demo, mm-hmm. you get a, a, a beta or whatever it is. And I, I, I just really feel good about that and encourage um, that sort of interactivity because if, we, if we're living in an age where this digital age where things are so easily accessible, I want to take full advantage of that. I don't want yeah. it to just be hype. I want it to be hype that you can cash in on immediately. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Shenmue and, and Final Fantasy are, are, are such yes, special yes, cases. Absolutely, absolutely. You can't do it with everything. I think of yeah. Days Gone. Right. And it's like, you showed this game too early. Right. Or, or something. Something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's I do been think, too long now. I do think it helps games that would otherwise get completely swallowed. Like, we you know, said a lot of bad things about EA, but them making Unravel 2 accessible immediately, that was a whole component that I think propped up that game in a perfect way. Yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. It doesn't have to be large scale. Of course you're not going to get a Final Fantasy VII remake demo. Yeah. But, but using that opportunity of this digital age to, to take advantage of it and maybe give mm-hmm. things a little bit more attention would be cool. Definitely. More sure. shadow drops at E3. More shadow shadow drops. Or more really, like... This whole thing was a, a great... More point. hard release dates. Um, as we talk about E3... Uh, Another thing that I want to throw at you is the use of celebrities or maybe people that aren't traditionally associated with games, or even if they are traditionally associated with games, getting these these outside people to to host things or to create a, an excitement. Like, how do you feel about that? Sick of it. I only want to hear people talk that a are affiliated with the game in any capacity, or b passionate about said game. Period. Um, period. I don't need anyone else, dude. I don't need Jamie Foxx coming out telling me about Battlefield. Like, does J- is Jamie Foxx like a hardcore Battlefield player? It sure didn't sound like it yeah. during that thing, you know? But if, you know, a celebrity comes out and they're like a lot of celebrities are obsessed with World of Warcraft, for right. example. Like, sure, yeah. If a celebrity comes out and they're obsessed with like DPSing and wow, <laughs> I'll hear what they have to say. Sure. sure. Right. But like getting a celebrity to come out just because just because they're a celebrity to host and talk about this thing, it it yeah. has it's never worked for me. It it makes personally. it feel inauthentic. It very very. And then you, then you just you have this grudge 
against the game that's not even the game's fault. Yeah. It's just, it's just, like obviously it's all a product. It's all an advertisement. Yeah, it's just big business. But, vibe. but it's yeah. it's it's a product and an advertisement that you care about, and you'd like to see that level of respect reflected back. Yeah. Like instead of a celebrity, I'd rather hear like a QA tester, even yeah, or like absolutely. anyone who's worked like, on the game. Think about again the the Unravel guy coming out and talking about the game, and I, I know that that has gotten some pushback too of, of people thinking they're they're overly emotional or whatever. But to me, that is much more effective than being like, I don't know, I'm paid to be here. Yeah, right. Cracking jokes. Yeah, cracking bad jokes. Yeah. If you can't do the joke. Don't do the joke. Don't, do the yeah. joke. Don't force the joke. Yeah, yeah I'm just kind of like not into the thing of making it like a show. Yeah. Either I'm just like I'm, I'm just like sick of that man. Like yeah. making it an event. I'm just like yeah. And yeah. I I do think that is something for the most part that Nintendo Directs have done super well. Right. Where Business. you have where you have people that are entrenched in what they're doing talking mm-hmm. about it and presenting it in a way that feels both professional and lighthearted. You know, sometimes it doesn't work for everybody, but I do think they've been fairly consistent right. in that regard. Definitely. So, Tender X. I still miss Miyamoto on stage and stuff. I yeah, that's that Skyward Sword debacle. Right. I don't just, know if he's willing to yeah. do that anymore. It's just one of those things. Wii music. It's one of a, lot those... of, a lot of memes from that. A lot of classic <laughs> it's memes. Classic. It's one of those things where like Hundred percent. I get it. I get that it's expensive. I understand. You could just record a package, forty-five minute video, nice and tight and neat, and throw it on the internet, and you just saved millions of dollars. But then you're just missing on the spectacle, you know, the the hugeness of the moment, you know, yeah. announcing Assassin's Creed. Well, bad example because they can't plug their damn leaks, but announcing. God of War with a live orchestra revealing it Absolutely. live in that moment is better than like, and here's a first look at a world premiere. I think what you're speaking to you with live performances is super spot on, Huber. I I just struggle and I think of like so many Nintendo press conferences that weren't even memeable. They were just kind of bad. Yeah. And so... I, I run into the situation where it's like, yeah, at their absolute best, I would rather have a live show, yeah. but I'd rather have a good Nintendo Direct over a bad press conference. Yeah, I just don't know if they well even said. like think it's worth it anymore, Huber, because like, yeah. look at Detective Pikachu yeah. just released a trailer, and it blew up. Totally. It's what like, is it it's at, a like, new era, man. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if that matters as much anymore. Yeah. 10 million? Yeah, it's just like and it like dwarfing. It, it's probably more than that. I don't know what it is, but like dwarfing the Toy Story four reveal. Yeah, it's funny. Keanu Reeves is in Toy Story four. Is he really? Yes. All right. Praise it. All right. Praise whoa, it. Whoa, That's pretty whoa, good. Whoa. Scoops, That's pretty scoops. good. Praise the son. You guys ready for some emails? Yes. Let's do it. I'm ready for E three. <laughs> You're ready for E3. with yeah, or without Sony, dude. Time. Hell or high water. We Let's go. First email comes in from Jared. He says. Which stock are you which which stock are you buying in 2019? I love that. Hello allies. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you, Jared. Uh, not that long ago, I bought some literal stock in a gaming publisher and it made me wonder as we head into 2019, which stock would you most want to put your imaginary money into? This can be a publisher like a 2K or it can even be a specific studio. Conversely, which stock would you sell right now if you could? Why did you choose these two companies to buy and sell? I'd love to hear your thoughts as we get to the end of the year and start the final stretch of this current generation of consoles. Hmm. Great email, Jared. I would sell EA. Sell it. Get it out. Okay. 
I would buy Nintendo. Nintendo stock. Okay. I'm especially right now, dude. Smash about to blow up. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's fair. That's I would buy a lot of Capcom. Nice. Ooh. I would sell all of Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd sell Bethesda right now. Sure. I sure. would buy a ton of From Software Ooh. just for goodwill. Just for good vibes, dude. Well, no, I think I think buying in on that separate Sekiro hype. Is yeah, man, idea. I think about that for Sony too. Like you think about what would have shown up at Sony, you know, Resident Evil Two, Kingdom Hearts Three, Sekiro, Days Gone. All of those games will be out before E3. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild to think about. Yeah, you that's know? pretty wild to yeah. think about. All these huge studios have just released huge games. You know, Rockstar, Sony Santa Monica. I am so grateful for the shift, though, because. Growing up, it really felt like video games pretty much just happened during the holidays. Obviously, that's not yeah, exactly that's true, like. but man, the way that we just have good stuff all throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It rules. Yes. Uh, any other stocks we'd like to buy or sell? I'm going to buy Capcom with you as well. Nice. Okay. So you're, you're, on, you're on board with that. Yeah. Mm. Joint venture. Joint venture. Let's go all in, dude. I always like juggle with doing Activision Blizzard, like buying in on that. Yeah. And I never know. Good. Call of Duty, good. Always making money. But it's like, I don't know. Diablo Immortal. Did you guys see the I don't know. sales numbers? October? For who won? MPDs? Yeah, it was Call of Duty, right? Call of Duty beat Red Dead. Well, it, had it, had some extra, it had like an extra week or two, yeah. but still. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's a juggernaut. It's still. crazy. For two generations. God. Yeah, just blowing up forever ever dude forever the unstoppable i was playing black ops 4 on thanksgiving and i was having fun yeah and i was like i'm just gonna buy this every year aren't i yeah Yeah. every year i'm just gonna buy this yeah just because i'm supposed to it's the year that you go into the ground you will have bought and played Yeah. yeah it's crazy uh you know one that i i think I would consider buying. Hmm. I feel good about Microsoft going into the next generation. Oh, yeah, I would take I would. a risk on Microsoft. I would too. Next year, like it's next year is their year to to win. It is their year. Like if like Sony pulled out and then they were like tweeting, you know, hey, see everyone at E three hyping it up. Mm-hmm. Whatever they got to do, man, with Obsidian or Ninja Theory or whoever it is, yep. you get some heavy freaking hitters for E3 and you dominate. I, I feel like Phil Spencer <laughs> is just playing a, a hologram chess game in the dark right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Pulling they need out some, of E3. Yeah, hey, I Sony. Think they, they need some like new announcements, though. They, I, like yeah. Halo's got to be huge. Yeah, I agree. Gears, like I don't like Obsidian. I do think I don't it's know a risk. Yeah, I'm ready for Obsidian. Yeah, Obsidian, if they got something ready to show, I don't know how many of these studios have stuff to show yet. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty. They seems got early. Seven months. Yeah, I mean they could have a prototype or something. Dude, I love prototype one and two. Bring it back. Sorry. No, Sorry. that not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were going to say, I love prototypes, and then I'm like, no, he's talking about... Did you guys play Prototype 2? No. I did not. Dude, Prototype... I didn't play Prototype I didn't play any of them. Yeah. Dude, Prototype 1 is swimming in sevens. Prototype 2 is so sick. How sick? Is that a surfing on seven? It's an eight. At an least. Eight. Yeah. Prototype Whoa, 2 is That's really like hang ten, good. Hang 10 on the board. Yeah. Hang 10, <laughs> Prototype. Our next email <laughs> comes in from Emhe. 
He says, greeting allies. Your recent discussion on pre-ordering reminded me of a promotion I used to use to pre-order games. A few years back, Best Buy Canada had a 30% off pre-order for any games that were announced during the week of E3. Whoa. I, that's amazing. Dude. I abused the hell out of this deal. Yeah. I still know people that have pre-ordered Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts 3 for only $40 to $50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cons- consider that Canadian games went from $60 to $80 due to inflation. Oh, woof. Uh, uh, my question is, did you use any tactics or abuse any promotion to get a good game for cheap? Do you remember any deals that still give you good vibes? Thank you for all the hard work, allies, and have a great Thanksgiving and a safe Black Friday. M. He from the unofficial EZA Discord. Brad Ellis was the Amazon man. Yeah, I used to buy all my stuff on Amazon when yeah. they have the deals. I do that with Best Buy right now until mm-hmm. it goes away. Um, but, oh, yeah. I do movie deals. Uh, first week of Blu-ray movies at target and Best oh. Buy oh yeah are cheaper so, yeah for sure so that's what i do when i really want a i movie. didn't know that you that's why First it's week. the best dude because unlike video games you get rewarded for getting an early adopter early adopter yeah. dude it's um <laughs> like i think final year of college or maybe like just after college I used Green Man Gaming a lot. Oh my god! They yeah. would have Dude, like PC huge gaming. discounts on. Same they would be like they would like give you a Steam code. Use that. I haven't used it in forever. Yeah. But I used to use that quite a bit. Don't know if I if there are any deals that I feel fondly about. I don't know. Like I have an affection towards. I like the idea of like Black Friday bundles, like console bundles or something. Like the Spider-Man yeah. and like PS4 for 200, like that rules. Yeah, the Metal Gear Solid 4 bundle was my favorite thing yeah. I ever bought. That was my favorite deal. But actually, like my my, oh, like the most bang for my buck that I've ever got has been uh, PS Plus every year. Sure. On uh, Black Friday. Yeah, forty. Forty bucks instead of sixty. Yeah. It's a huge saving. Yeah, twenty bucks. You know, yeah, thirty-three percent off. So I, every time uh, that deal rolls around, I re-up a year. Mm-hmm. Totally. I hate to do it. It still feels like, uh, <laughs> I usually, I guess plus, you know, 40 bucks, but like, dude, compared to 60. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. Dude, whenever Assassin's Creed comes out, I like always try to wait. Cause I'm like, oh, it'll be Black guaranteed yeah. every time. Black every Friday. time. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. And like having not finished Odyssey yet, I totally should have yeah. waited. Yeah. yeah. Just that. We just get caught up in the night. Absolutely. We always get caught up in the night. Odyssey. Um, Oh, uh, just got fifteen dollars credit in Me too. Yeah. I always like that. I also really am a big fan of the Nintendo Coin system. It's like oh, sure. just just because it's like okay, I buy a lot of games. Thank you for like not making that completely yeah. irrelevant. Irrelevant, not irrelevant. I don't know. Just thank you for rewarding that. I guess. Thanks. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for the bonus. <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, last email. Okay. Comes Let's in go. from Brandon. He says, "Hey everyone." Recently, I was able to finally watch a full playthrough I've been waiting on for quite some time. Courtesy of Mr. Damiani, I have now finally seen Resident Evil 4 from beginning to end. While the game is indeed one of the greats, there is one thing I noticed over the entire 13-hour duration. The aiming seemed very precise, but it takes time to acclimate to the red dot of the laser sight needing practice handling. 
While this was a surprise, what really stuck out to me was the enemy behavior. The villagers and eventually other enemies would run toward Leon, then inexplicably slowed down. To me, this seemed like this was done in the favor of the control scheme, as opposed to having terrifying enemies who don't just stop charging for no reason. This made me ask why. So I'll turn the question on to you. Do you think a game should be built around its control scheme, or should controls be established after creating enemies, environments, etc.? Thanks for taking my question. If you do, and stay easy, fellow allies. To the controls doesn't be built first? Is that what he's asking? He's, he's asking uh, the ultimate question here is should the game be built, built around its control scheme or should you kind of design like, okay, this is what we're going for. These are the enemies. This is the way we want you to feel and then work on the controls. Um, for me, I would try to do both if that's even possible at the same time to really complement one another. I don't know. I don't know what necessarily the development like of games is going through the steps. I think it, for me, it would be like having a concept idea of what you want an enemy to do and how the player would react to it, right. I guess, then. Um, I don't think there's a right answer. Uh, right. I mean, I mean when, just, you're, when you're, when you're making up. something, uh, it, it just depends on what the process is, who you're working right. with, what the ultimate goals of the thing are. Obviously, different games are going for different things. I will say, though, I do think controls are the most fundamental thing to nail. Um so, like, in Resident Evil 4, like, yes, that is a concession that you make, but that game does so many other things to still give you a sense of horror and fear and tension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you could play through Resident Evil 4 and, and not have that sense, um, right? The Las Plagas are a great example of that, the way that enemies swarm you, the environments that they put you in. And so it's like, oh, it's, it's nice that they actually also make it fun to shoot them, Yeah. right? So I feel like it's kind of making one sacrifice in another area and then filling in um mm -hmm. and the chainsaw dudes they don't stop no they don't stop there they no. keep coming man and they're not all the time and, they're not and so it time. makes them feel special and like yeah. the dude with the claws whatever like yep wolverine people when, he's, when he hears you dude he's coming for oh, you wolverine people god they're the best um wolverine people because because if your game name. doesn't <laughs> sorry if your game is a pain in the butt to control it's hard to enjoy any other aspect of it definitely like it's it's it just the most fundamental moments, thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Fallout seventy six comes to mind. Sure. I'm like, not I mean, gonna say Red Dead. Yeah, too. I was gonna say that comes to mind for <laughs> a lot of people probably. Man, I don't know if this is the time to discuss it, and we'll talk about it at the end of the year. But uh, I do think there is plenty of fair criticism to levy at the controls of Red Dead. Sure. However, sure. having played more of it. I'm struggling way less, and yeah. I don't feel like it's it's interrupting my enjoyment of the game yeah. in the way that I thought it maybe would at the yeah. beginning. That first so. house you go in, and you're like, when they're like, search the house. Yeah. The very first one. Yeah, it feels like you're a baby learning to walk. Yeah, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> opening does. the cupboards. Yeah. Like, it does. But then, like, a couple hours later, yeah. man, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I am... Before, I'd be like, oh, man, I ran my horse into that thing, and that sucked or that felt weird or i feel like i'm being overly punished for simple mistakes but now no problem getting anywhere yeah no problem shooting things i don't i still think the shooting is mediocre which is a, a whole nother thing sure. but in terms of like actually getting things to function mediocre. it's fine i think the shooting is mediocre i do so on a one to ten scale you'd give the shooting a seven no, no, no. Like a five, five or a six, yeah. five or a six. For the shooting. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's functional. I think it's fine. I don't think it is great. Um, by any stretch. Sure. I just, I the thing I have the problem with is just the snap. 
it's like too much. Right. I'm relying on the snap too much. That's like my complaint with mm-hmm. it. I just feel like the way that a lot of fights are structured, and Kyle brought this up, and I do think he's right, where it's like, okay, hunker down. Mm-hmm. The enemies are going to respond in a very predictable way. They're going to totally. pop up. You shoot them. It, it just... it Shooting gallery. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, you come down hard on that, and, like, I don't... It's not that I don't care, but for this this huge criticism, for me saying that the, the shooting is mediocre, I'm having a wonderful time with Red Dead Redemption 2, because... I don't feel like everything is relying on the shooting. I feel like yeah. the the shooting is one part of a much bigger whole. Mm-hmm. And so it's like kind of what we talked about before with Bethesda games. It's like not everything needs to be best in class. Yeah. You don't need the best in class shooting for an amazing video game. You need to have the sum of its parts add up to something great. And I think that's what Red Dead does. I think that's what matters more than anything mm-hmm. um, because it's going for so many different things, in my opinion. But yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about games being designed around controls or controls appealing to the design? Um, wait, I'm just curious about the thing you said about boss with Red Dead, like enemies like being predictable or something like that. Is that what he was saying? Like spawning areas? Uh, he was saying it was like whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole? Yeah. I feel like that's like every shooting game pretty much. Unless like, you're a sure. Doom where you're like actively running around the environment like in a certain area, yeah. It's like yeah. when you're playing Call of Duty, it's like that. Oh, when you're playing yeah, Destiny, yeah. it's like that. Yeah, when you're playing, well, but like the shooting, but Call like of the, Duty campaigns, yes, right? But I'm sure. saying, like, when in Destiny, like the enemies are like whoop, out there popping out, Bossman like in a boss is, fight. Uh, yeah, Bossman's super big on scenarios, so I think that's where he's coming from. Of like so many missions in Red Dead, you'll either come to a base, oh, everyone sure. hunker down, I or see. like people will just like flood out. I don't, I don't out. know if I agree with you, and even in all of these comparisons, though, because like. Destiny, there's a fluidity to it. I, I feel like when I get into a, you're a, moving. A, yeah, I, there's yeah. there's a sense of speed and jumping it, and shooting and, and like everything controls well enough to support that mobility. Yeah, but think about like a boss fight with like enemies coming out. Like it doesn't yeah, but even you're matter. Dealing with, you're dealing with like at that point, you're dealing with MMO mechanics, which is a right. whole other layer that you wouldn't get into with Red Dead. I mean, it's enemies spawning in a room. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's it's perfect in every example. I'm just saying there are are qualities that you can get into in a Destiny fight that I have not yet seen. Sure. In I mean, yeah, they're completely different games. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, like... I was just going back to the point is, of, like, Kyle it? talking about, like, enemies kind of being, like, a whack-and-mole thing. Right. It's like, well, that's what a lot of shooters are. Sure, 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 sure. But I wouldn't describe Red Dead Redemption 2 as a, as a shooter. Oh, it's I know. Like, I, I know what you're saying. I'm just yeah. talking about, like, one specific moment of it. And, like, even though the act of, like, lining up a shot and firing the trigger is not the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. The cinematic kills, like you've described, I think are a nice touch. Um, the situation that you're in, I think can be really exciting. Man. Uh, jumping on a train and punching out a dude feels great. It For me, it's weird. Cause like, I don't like shooters on consoles period. Mm. Like, I think it's always bad shooting on consoles. Like destiny was the closest I think it was for me. Yeah. Like where I was like, Oh, this is really good. So like when red dead's like when I'm struggling to shoot, it's not, is like jarring to me where I'm like, oh, because like I don't have the context of a ton of other shooters, I guess, on console. Dude, yeah. what do you want to say? Uncharted 4. What about it? It's perfection. I don't think it's perfection. The shooting is perfect. I don't think so. Something I will say about Uncharted 4. I really think it's perfect. I think it's good. Like, I wouldn't change a, a pixel of when the shooting. I have. <laughs> so, like, when I'm struggling for like a certain thing or like there's a second where like something's off, Huber. That's not perfection to me. What's what's off? It's like the movement of moving like the crosser with analog sticks for me is not as smooth as when I'm using a mouse and keyboard. 
Sure, I guess. Like with like the the fine tuning. That's and, what like, I'm talking about. The like, pinpoint, but like that's what I'm talking about. But Uncharted Four is designed in a way where you don't need it to be as precise as a mouse and keyboard. Sure, it's precise for a controller. I'm just saying it would be even better. You were talking about scenarios though, and there are plenty of like I think of like Lost Legacy where you get into a situation and it's like, okay, I see them before they see me. How am I going to get in there? And then, of course, you stealth, you get found, and it kind of turns into this chaos, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. there's a helicopter overhead, so I have to constantly be on the move because it can reach me at points where I'm not going to be. They're throwing grenades, they've got rockets, they're pushed up above yeah. me. And so I feel like in that combat encounter, there's a lot going on. Whereas in Red Dead, a lot of times, I feel like it's like, I am at this point, yeah. there is, you know, a, a stadium of guys totally. curved around Absolutely. in the 100%. background. 100%. And it's just not as dynamic yeah, or man, interesting. We talk about the level design. I think mm-hmm. Uncharted like makes up for that and like the the encounters it designs when it lays yeah. out like multiple levels like swinging through stuff Love gives you a lot of that. like that's where I think that Uncharted shines in that category. Yeah. But then you would call Uncharted an action game. Right? I would call yeah. Uncharted an action game. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I will we'll, <laughs> there will be plenty more conversations exactly like this yes. for game of the year. I'm excited. excited. Yeah, it's going to get crazy. And like, I'm I, so excited. The thing is, is, is people will be like, oh, you said this thing about this game. And it's like, well, my, I bet you my opinion will continue to change about Red Dead oh, yeah. over time. Like the way I felt at the beginning. I think all of ours kind of did. Like mine certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I imagine. Dude, I don't isn't know. online supposed to be out? What'll like, uh, well, how much I'll be I don't know. We asked Brandon. Dude. He should know. They said uh, end of November. Oh, we got like a week left or something, or yeah, about Rockstar a week. does things with Rockstar wants. This is true. I'm so intrigued by that. Holy yeah, shit. it'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you to Bradley Ellis and Michael Huber for joining me on this frame trap. Yeah, hope you guys had a good time. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Audience, I hope you enjoyed the conversations. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope you're enjoying your your holiday with some video games. Uh, if you would like to send an email into askeasyallies at gmail.com, that is the email address. Send an email into askeasyallies at gmail.com. I will take a look over it, and you have a chance of appearing on the show. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time.